0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cutting Out Early podcast. September 22nd, 2020. What are we now? Episode 10, 10 I believe. Double double? 10, digits. double digits.
1: Unbelievable. Wow. Who, who would have guessed? We proved him wrong. <laughs> I'd say so. We made it. There's um, nothing stopping us, but we made it. Not at this point. <laughs>
0: Uh, Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Like I said, this is the Cutting Out Early podcast. Max Major here, Alex Newt to my right, and an empty chair to my left. Zach Montgomery
1: is not here tonight.
0: He's got bigger and better things to worry about. He decided
1: his medical school exam is more important than doing this podcast. He doesn't get paid for
0: (laughs) How dare he? Unbelievable. You know, priorities, man. We're definitely going to have a talk with him because if telling you if he thinks medical school can trump podcasting every, once a week well
1: <sighs> does he really think his future is in medicine
0: i don't know i, I believe me he has just as good of a chance in the radio with medicine i think you should kind of split priorities right down the middle at maybe even jump, bump the podcast a little higher see what he can do here because uh yeah
1: I, i'm <laughs> he needs to reevaluate. <laughs> his um, priorities are all <laughs> over the board and no, clearly but... clearly not in the right place.
0: Well, we we wish him luck on his uh, big exam. He 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 really does have a big exam this Friday. He was talking to me about it. He was saying like it's number two behind whatever big thing he had like a year ago. His uh, oh his boards. Yeah, is this yeah, the yeah. next round? I think so. Oh wow. So okay. so very important. Yeah, he he's honestly very nervous about it, and he just wants to spend like as much time as he can studying. I've I've hardly talked to him in the past week.
1: He'll do great. He'll do great. He will. He will. He, he's good at it. He's he he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's he's he's, he's gotten this far. <laughs> exactly. But will he get to the next? <laughs> no,
0: of course. I guess I guess we'll see. No, no, it's good. We're we're rooting for you, Zach. And um, he'll be back next week though for sure. But uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, cutting out early podcast episode ten. We got a lot to do today. We want to start off the show with some sports stuff that we obviously uh want to talk about. Um, over the weekend some things happen. Uh, some good things and some bad things. So we'll, we'll touch on all of that. Um, let's see. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about as well today. There, there's a there's a cool list that LinkedIn actually does today. Who would have guessed that LinkedIn actually has lists? I never would have thought, but they're doing more of that now, which is cool. We'll do that today. Um, some other stories about uh, Costco and Christmas in September. That's already kind of getting in full swing, kind of crazy. The Emmys recap, they were uh, going on on sunday night and uh i i do want to spend a little time on that as well um obviously uh not uh meeting expectations i should say but uh, we can get into that later
1: yeah. really only one story coming out of that
0: Shits <laughs> creek yeah exactly
1: we'll touch on that in a bit but the nfl right now
0: over the weekend with the lions your Detroit Lions. Um, I mean uh, I think I think we knew they were gonna lose at this point. It's kind of at the point where we were expecting this. We I had hope at the beginning of the season, especially blowing that lead. It's just such a such a disaster. They still blew a lead this time, it was not in the fourth quarter, it was in the second quarter. The Lions are now They were
1: the, up 14 to 3 at one
0: point. I know, double digits. And I was just gonna say the Lions are the first NFL team ever to lose four straight games when they were leading double digits. Oh, that's incredible. In the record books. Think about that. Good for them. <laughs> and, and Just kidding. I mean, seriously, how much worse can you get? How much This is Matt Millen they territory. Look, they look right like now. a high
1: school team out there.
0: It's so funny. And, and you and I were talking about this yesterday. We were we were watching the uh, Monday night game, and I was commenting how I mean, this is real football. It, right. it was a good game last night. That was Saints-Raiders. Yeah.
1: And the Raiders won the first game in their new stadium in Las Vegas. Yeah. And beating Drew Brees and the Saints in their high-powered offense. And they looked good. They looked really good. The Raiders did. And, I mean, the Raiders were near the bottom just a few years ago. They didn't. They weren't all that good. And now that they're coming out, they're competing. And at the very least, you had two football teams who went out there, and they looked like they were at the elite level of football, and they were competing with each other. You never see the Lions at elite level of football, at least not under Matt Patricia. It, and It's almost like watching a different league. No, they were making plays, making mistakes, that if I was watching MSU and <laughs> and they did the same thing, I would be very upset. And we all know how MSU has fared recently, and that's college. These are supposed to be professionals. They're supposed to be elite. They're supposed to not make these mistakes. Or if they do, maybe it's a small mistake here and there. But this is like every other play. Every player at every position is making these ridiculous mistakes and it, it looks like high school. It, like I couldn't even call them a good college program. I'm actually with with their technique and their play calling and their scheme right now.
0: I'm actually curious to hear your opinion. I do not know this on um, on Matthew Stafford because did you see the interception he threw? That was awful. So I don't think there's any reason why a veteran quarterback like Stafford, who's been in the year been in the league for for what is this 12 years now, 12 years. There's no reason whatsoever for you to ever make that pass, for that play to ever happen at all. That's a rookie quarterback mistake. I, I was blown away. Yeah, he, he had a it. poor game. But I'm, I'm just wondering if if your thoughts on Stafford have have changed or how you feel about them because I always thought that you were kind of – I mean, I, I, when I say – I was going to say, I thought you've been pro-Stafford, which is fine. I am too. He's an average quarterback, but but the past year or two – I've lost a lot of hope in Stafford. And that game on Sunday really solidified my feelings for for Stafford and how I just don't think he couldn't be successful with this team to, to have any type of postseason success. And I'm just wondering if that game changed your mind in any way.
1: I don't know if it changed my mind. I mean, it, it definitely lowered my my hopes for this season oh yeah, well season's done like, Forget it. i mean <laughs> we're done I mean, talking about stafford's like his peak ability i always thought he was a gr- like at his peak he was an elite level quarterback and he was a very very good quarterback in this league and i i'm not sure if he has that potential anymore uh with his age and just his decision making especially and <laughs> in, in that game and in the first game too i thought he was making some really poor poor decisions except for one quarter where he played pretty well but I mean, fucking thing sucks. Yeah, I mean, my opinion <laughs> bad. is that this year, Stafford is not. He does not look good. No, this year he does not look good at all. He he's ma- like I said, he's making poor decisions. He did make his one touchdown pass later in the game once the game was already over, where he <laughs> stepped up in the pocket and then hit one of our no name receivers. Yeah, like in a really tight window. That looked really good. That was a nice flash of what Matthew Stafford is capable of. But he's not showing that very much this year, and so my opinion of him this this year is is low. And but I mean, what he's like he's like a B minus level player on a D plus level team is basically what he is.
0: I just don't see him improving anymore after all this time in his mid thirties. I mean, oh, can he no. get better? No. It's only going downhill from here, and that's the scary part. Yeah, I, would I agree with that. It's just at this point, it feels like like such a waste and we're just kind of spinning our wheels doing the same thing over and over and over and nothing's getting better it's just like you're trying to get out of this this mud pit in your car and you're hitting the gas and you're trying but all of a sudden it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper in the mud and you can never get out of it until you just say well we're done we'll just leave it here get the tow truck we'll just start over at this point i mean it's starting to get to that level where it's just it's just for a for a loss now it's done I don't think there's any room left that Stafford has to be successful with this team. even if they rebuild the team around him. that would take time I, and years to get an entire new scheme together, a new rebuild, a new a new, uh, you know, personnel on the offensive line. New receivers, everything starting over, you know, for the most part, just rebuilding. If Stafford's still there, he's not going to be around long enough to make that new thing work. So unfortunately, I, I just have no hope left for his future here. I, I, it's, it's so sad and unfortunate. But it's over. It's, it's over. It's over. This season is done. I think the season's at a loss. I actually hope they lose now the rest of the game so they can try to get maybe Trevor Lawrence at the first pick of the draft. They need to draft a quarterback. They need to draft talent there. They need to do it now because otherwise we're just going to be dealing with the
1: same old shit every single year and it's going to be so it's going to be frustrating again every year. I agree. I agree. I mean it's very clear that Stafford is is on the way out. He's declining and he doesn't have enough left in the tank for to allow for them to rebuild around him because it's very clear they need a rebuild. They need a new coach, yep. they need a new scheme, they need a lot of new skill players. They need a lot. They need a new defense, that's for sure. And there is just no way that they can do that during his like playable career right I mean he might have one this year and next year decent I don't know how many more years of like elite level play he has if any at all I don't know what if if he just quits I don't know if he'll ever be able to turn it back on I mean that would be classic Detroit (laughs) right that's what happens to all of our best players in their prime he gives Sheila Ford no chance as soon as they start declining and they realize they're not gonna see any success here before they you know are basically just a pile of bones and (laughs) and flesh they get out of here. I mean, that's what happened with Barry Sanders. That's what happened with Calvin Johnson. I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford does that. I mean, he's got four young kids. His wife just had a medical emergency with yeah. that brain tumor. Like, I know. I would not blame him if he said, you know what, I want to get out of here while I can still walk and enjoy <laughs> yeah. the rest of my life with my family. I mean, I made a crap ton of money. He I, did. I, I think that
0: I have to imagine that that Kelly Stafford, and I don't know this, but having such a big family and and wanting to have a father around, do you think she's really happy with him continuing to put himself out there year after year after year in his mid-30s, potentially risking some, some severe injury? I mean, it happens. It's he, football. It's right. the most dangerous sport out there. I can't imagine Kelly would be so keen on him signing a new contract or keeping going for the next few years. I, I think there's going to be some serious discussions that he's having with his family about, like, We've made plenty of money. We're we're happy. We're good. I'm just I'm done. It's yeah. it.
1: I mean, I don't I don't know Stafford's motivations. But he has had some si- pretty serious injuries. He had a very serious back injury just what was that? Last season or it was lingering last season It's been from the lingering for before. a few years. It
0: probably still is now.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he's had serious back injuries and is at probably high risk to to really have a significant injury that would end his career. Uh and I mean, it's always preferable to go out on your terms. Sure.
0: But that would just be a middle finger right to Sheila Ford. Uh, I mean, they get who nothing cares? for it. That's what they deserve. I, well, exactly. It's no kidding. And you know what? Th- this is one thing also about about Sheila Ford Hamp or, or whatever. They all have three names. They all want to keep the Ford name. Sheila Firestone. <laughs> Martha, Martha Firestone Ford. Martha Firestone Ford. Sheila Ford Hamp. I look, listen. She took that big time job. She's in the spotlight. She wanted it. She accepted it. That's her thing now. And she can't be hiding anymore behind the door. She better be out there making statements, making decisions, and helping move this team along. And I haven't seen anything. It's It's been, it's been that one PR quote that they had during the offseason, and that was about it. Look, you're in the spotlight now. This is your team. You are the owner. I don't care what other story there is or what else is going on. You took the job. That's your responsibility. Time to put on your big girl pants and step up because this is not the time to hide away. When you're having a team falling apart, you're having a head coach who doesn't know what he's doing, and I have no confidence in Patricia anymore. I have zero confidence in Quinn. It's done. It's absolutely done, and I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just blown away. And and she, she better be ready. She better be ready because there's going to be some things fired her way in terms of criticism, hate, all that stuff. It's going to be coming away from. Uh, Patricia and uh Bob Quinn and it's eventually gonna move to the ownership if they're around here much longer and and that's a fact that's for sure um
1: I mean we've we've been I mean not we personally but Detroit fans have been angry at the Fords forever it seems I, I, they maybe make, they're just used to they it they make bad decisions they make bad hiring decisions it's that clear it's true and what I mean, what can we do
2: I know I make bad purchases. <laughs> I, wonder if Sheila's I don't think
1: that. they know that. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I've made a bad purchase here. <laughs> and you—you you own an NFL team. You're bound to be making just stacks of cash. And I, get, you think? I get you don't want to give that up. But is there a way for them to just treat it as a totally hands-off investment? Can they do that? I think they can aren't they kind of doing that right now? It sure seems like it. It seems
0: like a family heirloom. Like, oh, this, this, uh, this incredible Hummel or this, this precious moments uh, figurine has been in the family for years. It's now yours. Take it, daughter. Take it, son. Have it. Just enjoy it. This is our baby. Who doesn't just, just, just let it, let it be. Just let it sit there. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And someday, you can pass it along to your child. You can move it right along, and we'll get through it. It's a great investment, but we're just going to hang on to it and not really touch it. We're just going to look at it. We're just going to kind of stand by and say, hmm, well, it's going on. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to do anything, but I'll tell you what I will do. I'll pass it down to my child when I get too old to stay alive, pretty much.
1: Yeah. I mean— I, they're they're hands off right now, but what I mean is there's a decision that needs to be made with the Lions. Oh yeah, and that is a decision regarding Quinn and Patricia because you can't put it all on Patricia on the coaching because we're not looking at this game and dissecting just one or two coaching decisions here or there that decided the result of the game. No, we got blown out by the Packers. It's the scheme. I yeah, mean, we our scheme fell apart to the Bears. Our scheme allowed them to come back. You remember Trubisky's comments about how, yeah, when we got to the fourth quarter, we knew exactly what they were going to do. So our scheme is not working. Our players are not working. That falls on the GM as much as it falls on the coach. I mean, they are tied together. And at the very least, there needs to be a, a serious conversation or a statement that comes out and says these guys are on the hot seat and if things don't turn around I mean they should have been gone before this year to begin with. you would with. think
0: so absolutely
1: they should have been but
0: now it's now it's definitely time now yeah. it's now it's beyond time and I think there's some hostility going on well I shouldn't say hostility but I think there's some disconnect with 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 ownership with with the GM Quinn and with Patricia uh there's been a lot of comments about um about what happened during the last draft and valeni yesterday on, on the ticket was talking about, how, as a matter of fact, Sports Illustrated w- wrote a story about it. The Free Press wrote a story about what Mike Valeni said, making a bold claim about um, about Jeff Okuda, who who had his debut last game against the Packers, looked absolutely atrocious. I mean, I mean, uh, rated as like the the second to worst cornerback in the entire league. And that's our third. In the first round, the highest-picked cornerback in God knows how many years. And, you know, I'm sorry. People tell me that, well, cornerbacks aren't expected to perform perfectly right out of the gate. That takes a little time to develop. Listen, listen. No, no, wait. Just hang on. Hear me out. I don't care who you pick at number three. If you're picking anybody at number three, whatever position it is, you better be damn ready to step into the game on day one and perform. You're the third pick give me a break i i think that's the worst excuse maybe you disagree but i think that's a horrible excuse
1: i i'm willing to give him a little leeway i agree he pay, he played absolutely terribly i'm not saying
0: this is indicative that he's going to be a bust i'm not saying yeah. that but i'm i'm certainly saying that it's not good it could have been a lot better and it was bad it wasn't just a little bad it was very very bad yes. and a little and, and pretty darn concerning i'll give him a few games that's fine but the first game doesn't look good, no, and that's a I, fact.
1: I agree, but I'm willing to give him a little bit of leeway because he's playing in an absolute trash scheme against with no help behind him, no talent surrounding him on the defense, against a Hall of Fame quarterback who has started off this season as hot as he ever has, yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. So I'm willing to give him some leeway, but in the next couple games, I would like to see some improvement over him. I'd like to see some improvement from him. And, I mean at the end of the day, you can't blame the team you're on for, for how bad you're playing. But I'm willing to give him leeway because it is his first game. Again, he's playing in a team with no talent around him in a trash scheme on probably one of the worst defenses in the league against one of the best quarterbacks in the league who's having, at least through the first two games, a career year. So I'm I'm not so low on Akuda, but I am interested in these comments that Valeni had about him being a diva in the locker room yep. and about how the... Uh, how Patricia and Quinn weren't on the same page about whether they wanted to draft him at three and how those comments may have gotten to him and how you never want an employee of yours to to know whether or not to to hear, like, oh, he might not, we, we don't want him. Like, as an employee... Like, no matter what level you are, whether you're a football player or whatever job you have, you never want to hear that management doesn't want you or wasn't happy hiring you or something like that.
0: I don't think that's the big story. I I don't think Okuda cares about this. I think this story is kind of uncovering— I would care about
1: that. I mean— how I don't do you know. know I, how do you know if he cares
0: about it or not? I well, that's not what I took away from the story. I guess that's a different aspect. But what I took away from this story is that if there's a big disconnect between the general manager and the head coach and it sounds like they really disagree on something, that's not good for the type of leadership that you need for an NFL football team. That's not a good sign. But this is what happened. So Valeni was talking how he said I have something that it's pretty impeccably sourced. Um getting some reports here that Mr. Okuda may not have the best attitude from what I was told. No one on play, no one on player personnel wanted to take him at three. Your head coach didn't want Okuda at three. Bob Quinn decided, I'm the smartest guy in the room. I'm taking him at three. And Valenti said he got that from two different people. And he also said, if the Lions are upset about it, too bad. Tell the people in your building to stop saying it. Because that's what he's hearing. But um, he... he Matt Patricia actually came out and denied the report he re- on Monday um, and, and said, uh, obviously, we usually don't talk about any of that type of stuff. We'd like to keep that stuff internal. But since that is so blatantly not even close to true, I would just like to make sure that that is not a true statement at all. That's, uh, that's a direct quote from Patricia.
1: I think that was actual audio recording. <laughs> <laughs> what is that voice? It doesn't sound like that. Yeah, it's,
0: well, he should. It certainly seems like it. But... Um, yeah, but, I mean, Valenny went on and said, um, let's see, uh, nobody wanted this kid at three, uh, except Quinn. He, he pretty much overruled anybody, um, and, and Valenny went on to say, if you're asking me, oh, and it gets better. From what I've been told, your coach wanted Derek Brown. That's what I kept hearing. Player personnel, it was Tua or Simmons. Um, so, uh, that just, in my opinion, uncovers a big disconnect that they have in management, which is a problem, and it's going to lead to poor performances on the field. So, that's what Valenny said, and... I don't think Velani would say that without knowing from good sources that that's probably true. Especially, he wouldn't say it on the radio show on the ticket. Yeah. So I, I have no reason to disbelieve him. don't re- I, 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 And you know what? I don't believe a word Patricia says. I think he's full of shit. I can't. I can't take him seriously. He's such. He's a bad PR person, and I just don't think he really tells the full story. I think he just kind of touches on things here and there, but I think he says nothing during his post game
1: press conferences. It's, it's embarrassing. I agree. I agree, and I I think so anyway. I think both of them suffer really hard from smartest man in the room syndrome. I'm sure of it. Oh yeah. Where, I mean, they've been told, you know, their whole career is like, oh, you're a genius. You've been doing so well. Like, but you know, maybe (laughs) maybe they rely on the quality of their players and the other personnel around them, and maybe maybe it's not all them, and they might need some help. I mean, I have to say, I am smart. I am smart. I am smart. I am smart. (laughs) SMRT! I mean, SMART!
0: <laughs> what a rare collision of drops! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs>
1: I don't have to say anything. I'm a doctor too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, that was, uh, I think, that was Quinn talking to Patricia, and that was Patricia's response.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, I, I, I know what I'm doing. Too. I'm a Dr. Drew. Well, you know, I, I had one of the best plays in NFL history. So. Rocket scientist. Yeah, you know, I I took over Malcolm Butler's body and intercepted <laughs> that ball during the Super Bowl. Did you
0: see me on the field? The pictures are going around online.
1: I saw him on the field. <laughs> Either that, or somebody left a Weber grill on the field.
0: <laughs> oh my God! It's uh. It's it's just comical at this point. How'd your fantasy team do, dude? I'm upset. Oh God,
1: I'm I'm, I'm pumped. You and I are on totally different sides of the earth on this one. I'm I'm upset because I have a good team. I think I have a good squad. I'm I'm currently sitting at like third in points four this season. Ouch. Ouch. Or but it's basically sec- Like I'm tied for second with points four basically, and I'm 0 two because I am leading the league in points against. Both teams I've played so far this year, and especially this week, just had unusually high point totals. My, The guy I played had Tyler Higbee, who scored, who's a tight end. He scored three touchdowns for the Rams today. What tight end scores three touchdowns? <laughs> but Sounds like a pretty good tight end. Especially Tyler Higbee, who is a good player and is a good pickup, but just had an unusually good day. But I'm mostly upset because my team had a good week. I mean, this week I was third in points or fourth in points, but what happened was I made I made the savvy move to pick up Paris Campbell for the Indianapolis Colts, who was supposed to be like kind of moving into that number one wide receiver role for them. He's in, he's a second year player out of Ohio State, really, really talented kid. And with Philip Rivers out there, he's willing to air the ball out a little bit more. And he blew out his knee <laughs> bare, like right in the beginning of the game. He got me 0 point seven points. And then the Colts also somehow, for some reason, decided that even though Marlon Mack is out for the rest of the year, they weren't going to be giving the ball to Naheem Hines at all, (laughs) even though though all reports said otherwise (laughs) going into the week. So I thought I was making some very smart roster moves, and my team did great otherwise. I mean, Russell Wilson had a great day. Aaron Jones, the Packers running back, had an amazing game against the Lions, and I just I mean, I got a little I just feel like I got really unlucky with my matchup and who I played and then with injuries just derailing my season. I don't know. The complexity of
2: this particular system I, it is complex.
1: So <laughs> I won. So I'm sitting thank at 0 I'm sitting at own two, but I think I have a good team and I'm hoping I can turn it around because luckily we are in only a ten team league, so my shot at the playoffs is still wide open. Um
0: thank God for um, Darren Waller, the Las Vegas tight end, putting up 28.3 points on Monday night, baby. I was, I had a 17 percent, 17 percent chance to win as of uh, Monday morning, and um, I, I blew by Andrew, and Andrew was not happy. No, he
1: was upset with you he, in the group chat. Oh God, he was very upset with you. One tight end <laughs> puts up
2: 28.3 points. This is God. Damn bullshit!
0: Jesus Christ! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he was going off. He was not happy. It was bad. He was so upset. I'm, I'm so happy. But you know what? Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm so pumped. And, and the big thing is that this week really showed is that there's a lot of injuries right now.
1: There's so many injuries. So
0: let me just go through the the. There's five teams that are that are having big injury problems. The the 49ers. I don't think any team has it worse than them. Um. Consider this: Nick Bosa, the reigning Defensive Rookie of the Year and budding star passer, pass rusher, and defensive end Solomon Thomas, likely both tore their ACLs on Sunday. Oh uh. no! <laughs> uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, their QB, uh, sprained his ankle. It might miss the t- um, might miss some time. On um, the team's top two running backs, um, Mostert and oh, he's out with an MCL sprain. Yeah, um, out for week three at least. And then Coleman with a knee sprain. Um, he's likely to miss several weeks, but they went down against New York. Yeah. Um George Kittle suffered a knee injury in week 1 might return for uh, week 3's game against the Giants, but um I wouldn't
1: expect it though because their backup tight end filled in quite nicely for him and they won't with all those injuries on their roster, they're not going to risk Kittle, one of the best tight yeah. ends in football. And
0: there's even more um DeBo, Debo Samuel um Taven Austin, yeah. Jalen I mean, Hurd, injuries all were, gone.
1: Injuries are really bad this week. I mean, you've got the 49ers lost Bosa, Garoppolo, and, yeah. and Mostert. And then you've got Saquon out. Yeah, yeah for, that's for true. For the Giants. And uh, Christian McCaffrey is is out for the Carolina Panthers for four to six weeks. Which that's is also true. Brutal. Horrible. Devontae the- Adams was basically sidelined for for a good portion of the game against the Lions this week. Julio Jones apparently played with a hamstring injury, which would have been nice for me to know going into this (laughs) week. Yeah, totally, right? So he was pretty much out there for a decoy. And then (laughs) the one pass he actually had a chance of catching, which was from his fellow wide receiver, Aaron uh, Gage. I can't remember his first name. But it was like a 50-yard bomb, receiver to receiver. He was wide open, and he drops it, (sighs) which just convinces me that Julio Jones hates catching touchdowns.
0: Denver Broncos have a problem too. They're um, yeah, their quarterback's
1: st- out. They're well, Von second- Miller's
0: out. Their are star edge rusher. Yeah,
1: he's been out since uh, training camp, I believe.
0: Yeah, and then, and then Drew Locke suffered the sprained AC joint in his throwing shoulder. Um, so that really is unfortunate. They're, do you think this has to do
1: time. with kind of a lack of a preseason? Like they didn't really have as much training this year. That's what the announcers seem to be saying.
0: I think I don't. I think that's kind of BS. I think they had plenty of time in the training camps. I don't think that they use the preseason games as a way to get themselves ready for real game action. I think that they really do that during the training camps, personally. Okay. That's my thought. I'm not a, I'm not a coach, but... Not a medical professional. I, <laughs> yeah, we're Zach when you need him. I don't think that the, uh, the, the lack of preseason games affected it. I think it's just kind of unlucky. Uh, the Colts are in trouble with injuries, and so are the Seattle Seahawks. So, it's too bad, and it's uh, kind of happening around the league. Um, yeah. So, I, but um, at least we have uh, the Big Ten starting up soon, which is great. We do. Unless We'd, there's any other NFL stuff you wanted to touch on. I just I want to do
1: like a quick speed round. Go for it. Just read some headlines. You can give me a reaction. Sure. How's that? So Feel free. We, obviously, what we just talked about, Saquon out for the season. That's any a bummer? Any reaction to that? That's it. It's it's a bummer. I, I mean,
0: a lot of fantasy players are pissed.
1: Yeah. No question about that. Well, what do you think about him? He's a young talent, and now he's going to miss another large chunk of, of play to and, injury. And,
0: well, in terms of longevity, like how he's going to be successful in this league. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm are really you, worried, uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not worried yet. He's I think such he'll be a good running back. back and how old is he now? How
1: old is he? He's, he's young.
0: Age. I mean, yeah, he's, he's young. He's know. very young. He's very young.
1: But – I I, I don't think it's gonna be. But so is Todd Gurley, and they like are so scared about. Like he he lost out on a huge contract with the Rams, but he's only 25. Injuries do get. He's just known to have chronic knee injuries.
0: Yeah, I mean, believe me, I I get it. Especially with an injury in the NFL, more than any other sport, is huge. Saquon's only 23. I, I have confidence in him. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll just get over this, and, and I think he's good enough. I hope I, so. I think he's a really good player. I hope All so. All right, keep going.
1: All right, so the Cowboys beat the Falcons on a crazy comeback. Did you see that? So No, they, was that
0: on Sunday? Was that a 1 o'clock game?
1: Uh, I don't know which probably. game it was. Um, okay. It was an afternoon game. Okay. And, yeah, so they, they kicked an onside kick, which was like, did you see the onside kick in the replay? So no. it was this, like, slow rolling Ball. Wait a second.
0: Wait a second. Was this the one that didn't go 10 yards that they were like not even sure if it was legal to touch or whatever? It was some weird play. Kind of.
1: Okay. Yes. I may have heard about it, but I did not see it. No. So, yeah. So the kicker. So if you've been following the NFL, if you watch it regularly, you know that when an onside kick happens, when the team is trying to kick it off but also retain possession. It's very rare right now, and it's only getting more and more rare. It's very, very difficult to recover an onside kick now with all the rules about it has to travel 10 yards, and kickers are just not getting very good at it. So the Dallas kicker got very creative, laid the ball on its side, and just kind of like slow rolled it towards the (laughs) sideline. And the Cowboys got it back and then won the game on a game-winning field goal. That's wild. It was crazy. That's wild. It was crazy. I guess they got to try to come
0: up with with new schemes to get the onside kick to work. I mean, they got to be creative and develop something, I suppose.
1: Absolutely weird. Okay, and, and the Cowboys had fans in their stadium, and they were going pretty crazy. <laughs> Jerry Jones, you saw Jerry Jones almost inhale his mask up in, <laughs> up in the owners' box. I'm surprised he was wearing a mask in the owners' box. Yeah, wow, I'm shocked. Yeah, <laughs> good. Wow. Okay, oh, the Vikings. Crazy. The Vikings look absolutely terrible. I'm,
0: I'm, you know what? I'm pissed about the Vikings. I picked them as a def- my defense on the fantasy. What a mistake! What a disaster!
1: I'm shocked because I mean I really like Kirk Cousins. A lot of people are really low on him. I just like him as a person and as quarterback, and he's a Spartan alum. And so I always root for him. And I am so shocked that they're doing so poorly. I knew that defense was going to take a step back. But just they (laughs) got blown out by the Colts. They lost their first week game really poorly. Really bad. Listen,
0: I'm 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 rooting for anybody in the NFC North to lose, obviously, except the Lions. Well, I don't know. I'm kind of rooting for the Lions now to lose. Um, but as somebody who has the uh, Vikings defense on their fantasy team, uh, I'm not too happy about that.
1: Well, you should be streaming defenses anyway. It doesn't matter. You should be you should be finding a different defense. I know, I know, I know. So it's not the end of the world. Anyway, Vikings get blown out against the Colts. The Colts are not a good team, so that's surprising. Justin Herbert led the Chargers to a close overtime loss to the Chiefs they hang they hung in there. They went to overtime. Chiefs only beat him by a field goal, 23 to 20. Justin Herbert had a good game over 300 yards passing. He took over for Tyrod Taylor. He's a rookie this year out of Oregon. Yeah. So he's another young quarterback that maybe we'll be looking at. That's all I have from there.
0: Why well, my, my my initial reaction? Sure. I I don't think he's going to be anything that is like that special.
1: I didn't love him coming out of the draft, but who knows? That's all I'm saying. Sure. We'll keep an eye on
0: him. Yeah. I mean, definitely, but I He's just a, home,
1: a he's a hometown guy too. He's a West Coast Player playing for the Chargers—that's pretty exciting for him.
0: As an early prediction, I don't think anything's going to happen for him as ter- in terms of like an amazing quarterback. So I think it was just kind of one of these games that just happened. So whatever,
1: we'll see. Uh, Patriots and Seahawks—they had a shootout on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, that was they did. fun to watch. That's Cam- true. Cam Cam Newton and Russell Wilson—they look like the top veteran quarterbacks in the a league. Great right game. Now because because Drew Brees is kind of fading. Aaron Rodgers looks very good too, but I'd say Cam Newton and Russell Wilson look like they're they're probably the lead veteran quarterbacks this year that was a really fun game to watch yeah and uh i'm excited for the uh the cam newton led patriots actually actually (laughs) i am too i agree it's an interesting storyline for the patriots i mean as much as i want the patriots to finally be bad for once (laughs) it's cam newton i like cam newton sure and i want him to succeed so maybe i am kind of rooting for him i don't know we'll see but i also always like russell wilson so i want the seahawks to do well too um next story who are we buying after week two i'll tell you who i'm buying I'm buying the Packers right now. I'm buying the Steelers. I think the Steelers, the Steelers are a team that probably not a lot of people picked before the season started, but they looked really good. Their offense is in sync, and their defense is very strong. With uh, was it Joey Bosa, or no T.J. Watt? T.J. Watt. I, I, one of the brothers. <laughs> one of the pairs of brothers is on the Steelers. He looks really good. Well, one thing I will
0: say about the Packers, I know they play the Lions, and the Lions are trash, but they still looked incredible. They could have been playing anybody and won that game. Maybe I not by as much, but they they looked like a real deal, professional football team, good scheme, good personnel. It was impressive to see. So I, I, I agree with you on the Packers like that. I think they're going to be dangerous this year, but watch
1: out. Also, Cardinals, Kyler Murray looked very efficient was the word I saw a lot of people using. Okay. I think he's exciting. That offense is very, very exciting. Uh, and the Bills. Bills Mafia. <laughs> Josh Allen looks pretty good. So we'll see.
3: We'll uh, see. We'll I'm see. also
1: buying Cam Newton's Patriots. And what about Gardner Minshew and the Jags? Although, like last year, I could see Minshew uh, falling off again, but... I mean, his accuracy has been up there. He's get, been completing a very high percentage of passes. So I don't know if that means he's going to regress towards the mean or whether he's here to stay. So we'll yeah. see. Uh, I have a lot of question marks next to my Gardner Minshew's Jags. Am I buying them? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> but who are we selling? Who are we uh, selling? Lions. Now, I w- I will say this early in the season, I am not a fan of selling on the team. Because I think you can turn it around. I think it's still early enough. Check o- for the Lions. 0-2 o- o- is not not necessarily a deal breaker except for for (laughs) these three teams I think are out of it I think they look poor I think they and by selling I mean they are like way below expectations like I think we can sell on the Bengals the Bengals are not going to do anything this year right I think we can probably sell on the Washington football team even though they're one and one I don't think they're going to do anything this year just not talented enough but these reeling teams, with
0: the controversy from their name change. They're probably still struggling with the mental aspect of that. They're not really sure who they're playing for.
1: Washington. Okay, the, I,
0: the Washington football team. What do we represent? What I think there's t- a lot of football teams in the state. In in the in the, in the well, the state, the uh, the District of Columbia. Yeah, there's probably a lot of football teams. It could be a high school football team for all they care. You know, yeah. they're not sure.
1: I don't know. So <laughs> so these are. Who I'm selling is teams who had higher expectations, maybe playoff expectations, and I just don't see it anymore. Give it away. Give it away. (laughs) Like the Lions, I never had playoff expectations for them, so I can't really sell on them. These two teams, Eagles and Vikings, they're done. Okay. Especially the Vikings. The Vikings look awful. I've not been impressed with the
0: Vikings. I agree. They're they're reeling.
1: They're reeling
0: it does not look good for them in terms of this season i don't know what they're going to do they
1: might need a whole rebuild themselves anyway there's our there's our speed round we can and get into the go. big 10 now i'm very i'm very excited to get into the big 10 because <laughs> that provides some hope i know for us it does it's it's only, weird wait wait go ahead it only provides hope because the season hasn't started
0: yet <laughs> well the thing is, well first of all they're not going to start until Oct- or october 24th that weekend and look I, the the announcement came out last week, like right after we did our show, which is great, and I'm very thrilled that they made the announcement. But I just don't have that um, excitement level that I normally have with the start of a football season because of this whole this this. It was a shitstorm the way that they handled this entire situation. You're not
1: excited for your Wolverines to take <laughs> the field. They're
0: not my Wolverines. This is Michigan. Stop it. Stop it. They're not my Wolverines. That's bullshit. The point is that they really. You know, they, they screwed around this entire preseason trying to figure out, are we playing or not? We're not sure. It's just, you know, it's such a mess. And now that they are, and it's still a month away. We're not going to see any game action for a month from the Big Ten. Maybe I'll get excited once the week grows around before the games and I'll get a little pumped. But right now, I just don't care. Really? I, I really don't care that much. And, I, you know, like I said, hopefully I do. I want to care. I want to get into this. And I'm sure I will once the season actually gets closer. But I feel like I've just been, like, so frustrated frustrated with the way they've handled this entire situation. It's just turned me off, man. I'm telling you.
1: I can understand that. But I'm coming from we're past that. And hopefully we can get back it's into it. lingering with me. It's lingering. I don't know. I just – I'm not even sure I want to watch like, I'm not super excited to watch MSU football because I think MSU football, this is going to be a, a challenging year for us fans, I think. I know. Play your smartie
0: on. I'm yeah. not going to, not you said it. Okay, good.
1: <laughs> good.
0: Um, so I, let's see. I think
1: it's going to be a challenging year for us, so I'm not super excited necessarily to watch the games. Like, oh, I think we're going to win. I think we're going to have chances. But I'm excited to see what Mel Tucker is going to do with the team, and that's, that's what I'm excited for. Spartia! Yeah! <laughs> you promise? <laughs> I got you there. Oh
0: no. We'll see. I, well, the way it sounds, Mel Tucker's really, really uh, putting them to task and, and yeah, getting I know, strict with them. I know Good.
1: They had, they had their first. Uh, their first practice session of the season the other night. Yeah. Uh, after an evening meeting or something like that, I I heard it was a little bit more intense than what maybe some of the players had anticipated after a first <laughs> out of a first practice. Good. I think, I think. Well, it was like an evening practice. I think it was like. Oh, I don't like, care what time of day it, it is. might start. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm yeah. fine with that attitude. Whip them into shape. Get get those boys going. You know. I'm fine with that attitude. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, I'm just excited to see what Tucker does. See what his new staff, what scheme they're trying to put into place. And I don't expect all the pieces to be there. I don't expect them to have installed an entire new playbook, but I, I just want to see improvement. Yeah. I want to see some, something new, something new and shiny. That's what I want. <laughs> and that's what we're getting supposedly. I know. So I think that's very exciting. I know, but well, we'll you know, s- a Michigan fan, this year is <sighs> going to be a little kind of a, not a down year for Michigan, but it's going to be, it's going to be uh, down compared to last year. Listen, I'm I'm It's going to be different compared to last year. I'll put it that way.
0: The the problem with Michigan is that we're stuck with somebody who's not going anywhere. And it's just it's it's almost like a like a bad dream. Our boy Jimbo? Yeah. I I think it's like impossible to get rid of him. I think he's in. I think he's running. Well, I, I guess he's not running everything. After seeing him lead that protest with the with the player, maybe that'll kind of humble him and and kind of make the university realize, like, you know what? If if he sucks again, let's let him go. Screw it. We're done. I mean, they really put all their eggs in one basket by getting Harbaugh in there, and maybe now they're realizing, like, you know what? We're in charge here. We're we're gonna tell you what to do, and you're out of here. You're out of here, trash. It's just. I, I think that era is done, and it's been what five years now, six years. I don't know. It's been a long time of no Big Ten championship, I, it, not even going to Indy, not even going to Indy. No, nope. and that's what we're dealing with now with Jim Harbaugh. So I for for five years,
1: for five years. What What if it happens during this like weird shortened season where? It's not going to. I don't think it's going to. I mean. If it does, great. No, but but if it does, how will you treat it? Let's say let's say Michigan wins. I'm all in. All back in. Yeah. I, I'll, total 180. Yeah. I will totally 180 myself. I'll get right back into the thick of is things. Is that a full conference championship?
0: Um you mean they have to win it? I, no. I'm
1: saying if they win it, is that a full conference championship? Is is it comparable is, to last year's conference championship. Is it on the same tier? Does it count the same? Well no. Does it have Miss, an asterisk? You're, you're gonna say no. No, I have a I have an opinion on it, but I want to hear yours
0: first. I think it does. Aren't all the Big Ten teams playing? All 14 of them? Yeah, they're all playing. And they're going to play a full conference schedule.
1: So, yeah. No, they're not. Well, they're playing eight games. How many games games are they playing? Eight games? They normally play nine.
0: Okay, whatever. Yes, it counts to me at least. I think so. I think the MLB is a little weird this year because obviously the, the games have pretty much been cut to a third. But with this, this is still pretty much full conference action. Yeah, I would agree. So if they go to the Big Ten championship and they win it all, then that's that's just like any other year, in my opinion at least. Yeah. In fact, it might even be harder because of all the turmoil that they've been going through this year.
1: Maybe. I mean, we'll see how the season plays out. If they play all eight games, then that's only one game short of a regu- normal regular season. They used to only play eight conference games, and some yeah. conferences only do play eight conference games. So I count that as a full conference championship if they win. Absolutely. Unlike ML- MLB is probably the one – season that was affected that I would say that championship probably doesn't mean as much as a normal it's weird. championship. They're going to have
0: fans by the way. Yeah. Did you see
1: that? We should talk about that in a little bit because before we do, I do want to do talk about the two team schedules, MSU and the U of M schedules. Okay. Because I think U of M has a significantly harder schedule than Michigan state does. But at the same time, I look at MSU's schedule and I'm not sure how many wins we're going to get. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at our schedule and I'm seeing like a three and five, four and four number. I've heard some people make five and three predictions for MSU, but I don't see it. (laughs) (laughs) But to be honest, I look at U of M's schedule and I see very similar record, very similar outcomes. And, I mean, I hate to admit this, but U of M's team should be more talented than MSU's. And they should have... It's a big coming from you. And they have, you know their coaches in place they didn't make coaching changes in the offseason they have their scheme in place the players are familiar with how they play Michigan football the MSU players they haven't really gotten a chance to learn this new play it's a new regime yeah I mean it's it's new turnover and and so that that worries me I mean the the players are still the same and D'Antonio's recruiting was falling off near the end so I mean, it's not like you got tip-top talent over there at MSU from what we're... <laughs> I mean, not that we're used to tip-top talent. We usually wow. are, are known as the, the team that makes the most out of out of less. And, you know, we have a chip on our shoulder. That's what we like. You know, we don't get these five-star recruits and then have them be busts like Michigan does. We, <laughs> <laughs> we we get you know two and three star guys and we make them play like the four and five star guys. Spartan and, fans love using that talking point. By the way, they've been using that for years.
0: It's it's the cla- That's the classic well, Michigan State talking well, point. And How it, the big the big names never come to us, but we make do with what we have, and we always focus or like like or we always like get
1: become successful with these uh, lower no we lower used tier to. Recruits. We used to. I'm not saying we always do. I'm saying we. used to. You just said it right now. I'm saying Dantonio made the most of out of what he had, and then but then his recruiting even dipped from what he had. Let, let me ask you a question as a Spartan fan. This is
0: I'm actually curious about this. You know how you would always complain about how ooh the national media is really criticizing the Spartans this year. They're they're shooting us down like like we're just a run of the mill team. We're not gonna be any good. We're just average, very average. They don't take us seriously. Like I would hear that from you and all of our Michigan State friends complaining about how um, most immediate coverage. Yeah, coverages. because they would
1: say that after a year we went to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, or, or a year we but, won the Cotton Bowl.
0: But you always loved bringing that up because it was just like. You used it to motivate yourself. So, so my point is that you said that you hated it, but I think deep down, I think Spartan fans- I never fans, said I hated that. Well, I think Spartan fans like- I may, got annoyed at the media. But I think deep down, they're like, we kind of like this because we like the underdog, and we like people talking bad about us. We like the underdog story for so, sure. So you're kind of embracing that That's narrative. That's not a secret.
1: That's not a secret.
0: But, well, a lot of Spartan fans won't admit that. They're like, this is,
1: this is bullcrap the way
0: ESPN's covering us, and- it's, you know what? I agree with them. It is bullcrap because they the
1: Spartans should get more well, respect than they do.
0: Are you gonna talk about ESPN is different because ESPN has some agenda against the Spartans or something?
1: I guess it's two different stories whether we're talking about their their predictions about how our football team's gonna do and their you know trash media trying to throw D'Antonio and Izzo into jail for you know sexual assault. <laughs> like. Yeah, that was
0: bad. But my point is that.
1: Yeah, you know what? You'll
0: complain about the bad press that you get, but you like it because it's gonna make the team play better and it seems to work. You know, it seems to have results where they get talked down by the media, but you know what? They've kinda of proven them wrong. And that narrative is something Spartan fans love.
1: I think a I think a lot of people perform better when their expectations are lower. They wanna beat the expectations rather than needing to rise to some unattainable level, which is Kind of what it's the opposite. That's what U of M fans do to themselves. They say, grinding. (laughs) They say, this is the year we're going to the Big Ten championship. This is the year we're finally going to Indy. This is the year we finally beat Ohio State when they know they can't compete with Ohio State in that powerhouse. Unfortunately, not. Right. And so, yeah, I would much rather have the expectations be lower and then beat the odds and and fight the expectations. Uh, Yeah, it's way more fun when someone says you can't do it and then you do it. Rather than someone saying you can do it and then falling short.
0: Yeah, but I I think Spartan fans kind of have like a two tiered approach to it where they they'll say they hate it but they really love it. You know they always complain but that's just my that's just well, my take well, that's what I'm
1: perceiving from, they, they from li- Spartan. Fans. I think we I think we we like it to a certain point where we we want to be the underdog but we also want some respect put on our name. We want to we don't we hate when they say things like oh they're not even going to be in it. Yeah, which which they do, they they will well they used to say things like that. Now they're gonna <laughs> say it, and it's gonna be kind of true.
0: I think uh, I think Spartan fans are at least a little more realistic than U of M fans. Yes, I, I absolutely. Get so sick of U U of M fans. I they, agree. And ugh. when I was
1: reading, don't get me started. <laughs> when I was reading some of the uh, the season predictions for this year, yeah, uh, especially about U of M because I'm not terribly intimately familiar with their team so i wanted to you know read up some read up on some material so i could see what the experts were saying and i couldn't quite tell if they were being fully honest with the talent level and the skill on the team or whether they were just doing classic michigan brown nosing (laughs) you know like like i would read things like oh the the defensive line is going to be excellent this year and like (laughs) expect to have like really high you know pass rush numbers lots of sacks and expect the running back to the running back committee to be one of the best running back tandems in college football
2: look at the strong men
1: and i and i was like i was like i remember michigan's running game being good but then i would read comments like Michigan loses four of its starting offensive linemen from last year and only has one offensive lineman that's considered a veteran. And I was like, well, you can't have a good running game behind an offensive line like that. Like, why can't these writers be a little bit more realistic about that? But I
0: don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. It's, I know. It's very true. So, it's, very, it's very evident. So
1: I was just having a difficult time telling whether they were being honest about the talent and the expectations or whether they were just sticking their noses up Jim Harbaugh's butt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but anyway. Probably the latter. I mean, let's let's take a quick look at this schedule. I'll just read it to you. And All right,
0: got to move on to other stuff. But, yeah, let's see. I agree.
1: All right, MSU, they play Rutgers, then at U of M, at Iowa, Indiana, at Maryland, Northwestern, host Ohio State, and okay. then at Penn State. So what I'm looking at here is I'm seeing wins against Rutgers, Maryland, Northwestern. I think Indiana's a tough team. I've seen – a lot of people in the Detroit News said that Indiana could be a win there, um, but I, I don't. I think that'll be a tough game. And the U of M game can always go either way because emotions are high. But like I said, U of M is and should be a more talented team than us this year. I would hope so. If, if U of
0: M loses to the Spartans, I think that's a huge blow. I right. think that's a huge blow. And to be honest with you, I think that could maybe put the writing on the wall for Jimmy Boy. I think that would be a Big problem.
1: Right. But I'm I'm not sure what Tucker's coaching is going to do, and that's also a big game for him. His first game against U of M. No
0: question about it. You no know, question about you it. You know, his
1: welcome to the Big Ten. <laughs> yeah. One of the biggest rivalries in all of college football. Sure. Oh, and, no kidding. And that's your second game coaching. So, I mean, I'm looking at that, and I'm seeing 3-5, and 4-4. Four and four. I, I mean, o- OSU is going to kick our ass. I hate to say it, but they are. Playing at Iowa – right after playing at Michigan and with a shortened preseason there's going to be injuries in this game just like they're in this season just like there is the NFL right now we're going to be depleted going into Iowa City that's going to be a tough game and Penn State very tough game very very tough game yeah so that's what I'm seeing there do you see roughly the same
0: yeah you know to be honest with you I think a lot of it's going to have to do with just starting a new regime which in college is is more challenging than starting in the pros where it takes more time to develop these players to develop them with this new coaching system and new coaching staff. So there's definitely a bigger learning curve and I think that's going to be evident this season. I'm not saying it's going to be bad long term, but I'm just saying that there's going to be a lot of a lot of uh I guess uh iron or wrinkles to iron out um off the bat. Yeah. And um you know, I don't know the way you described their first practice where you know they weren't expecting some intense practice, but Mel Tucker comes in there and, and is trying to whip these guys into shape, like really getting intense. And that was some like you know surprise to to the players maybe. That that doesn't have a very good perception placed on it, where you're just like ready to go and all in. And yes, sir, Coach, we we got it for you. It's not that type of perception I, that I I'm receiving. It, I see it
1: as a good way though, because that means that Mel Tucker's not taking this easy. And, well, that's the good part. And you can look I, at it two different ways. And I think, I mean, this is why MSU has always had that chip on their shoulder, why they've always been able to overcome the odds, is because they do have that work ethic. Yeah. And I think they'll snap into it real quick. I think they'll snap into their groove real quick. Um, I think it's just this one practice they weren't expecting to be so intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you come in and you expect like a little pizza party and like welcome to the season and, you know, you're, you're doing wind sprints kind of thing. <laughs> sure. Um, so maybe just expectations weren't set. So you, you see roughly the same outcome. More probably. or less. All right, but U of M, who I am saying is a more talented team, I see roughly the same outcome because they got a really tough matchup coming out of the West because MSU, their, their Western opponents are Iowa and Northwestern. Well, Michigan's Western opponents are Minnesota and Wisconsin, the two best teams in the West this year. So they're, playing, they're opening up at Minnesota. They could lose that game. They could lose their opener. Which would not make Michigan fans happy at all. A disaster. Oh my god. Then that leads right into the MSU game, which is never easy. I mean I mean No, there, it's still a challenge. I mean it's gonna high, be tough, but Michigan better win that game. High emotions. High emotions there. So And it's got, at Michigan. Right, they better win. Well, I mean, come on. Not there's, that home field advantage means much this year.
0: I I think it plays more of a factor in college than than the pros normally. But there's not going to be fans. There. I I understand that, but I still think it's going to play a big factor. Okay, okay. That's my thought. I think the atmosphere, even without fans, is going to be more um, important to the players, even without fans, than it is to the NFL teams. I think the NFL teams there are just they're there to do a job. I think with with college, it's it's more emotional and more. I mean, they're younger. I mean, they're taking these things like, "Wow, this is incredible." I'm playing it at the big house, baby. Let's go! Come on, you know. That's my thought, at least.
1: Sure. Okay. We'll, fair, we'll fair see point. if I'm right. So, that at Minnesota, then they go. To, then they host MSU. Then they go to Indiana, which, like I said, is going to be an improved team. They're they're on the up. Then they host Wisconsin. Those first four games are very tough, very very tough. I think they'd be lucky to get out of there with two wins, really. I think they'd be lucky to get out of that four-game stretch with two wins. Then you've got at Rutgers, then you host Penn State, then Maryland, and at OSU. So you've got Penn State and OSU in the last four games of the schedule, and you're going to want to beat one of those. It's going to be a challenge. To consider this season a success, you're going to need to beat one of those teams. It's going to be a challenge. There's no question about it. But they have big expectations this year. I think so, at least. So the Detroit News predicted that MSU would go 3-5 and five and U of M would go 5-3. and three.
0: Are you happy about that?
1: I am <laughs> I would like to predict... We're MS- getting screwed again! I would like to predict that MSU will go 4-4 four and four because I'd like to think that they'll win a game that maybe I didn't think they would, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. But they could also lose some games that they shouldn't. With U of M, though, I'm seeing... Maybe four and four.
0: Okay, I, I, I'm not going to make a prediction this early. I'll give my prediction for the record closer to the season, when more things shake
1: out. Okay, well, there's things that are shaking out. I understand. We have a
2: month. We have a month
1: till the first game. Fair enough. You know what I mean? That's true. A lot can happen in a month. That's true. A lot can happen. That's I'll, true. I would like. Okay, I my. My prediction is not final. I I never said it was. I never said it was. I didn't
0: know you could change predictions. I thought any prediction is a final prediction. That's why they call it a prediction.
1: That's how I feel at this moment. That's my okay. prediction at this moment.
0: Well, I think it's more...
1: You know what? Actually,
0: the better story is how your prediction will change <laughs> compared, as opposed to just what it is. Well, I think it's more curious to see how it's going to change. We'll have to follow that story. Maybe the audience can suggest uh, to Alex how his prediction should change in these next four weeks, um, just like you were taking suggestions for your opinion if the Big Ten was going to play or not. So.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I guess they are, I mean, if so you think if, if you think I'm really off i mean again my prediction is pretty much in line with what the detroit news is doing (laughs) i know know. i'm I'm, i'll predict both teams go four and four and msu might surprise some people and u of m might uh disappoint some people but i think it really comes down to the schedule this year because u of m schedule is tougher i will give them that much and i know i'm just creating excuses for them that i'm sure my wolverine (laughs) friends will be more than happy to use so you're very welcome for that oh boy boy
0: uh we'll see I, i'm very curious to see how these uh these these uh predictions yeah. will
1: change we we can we can do a more in-depth uh preview closer to the season that's now. fine
0: um i i want to stay in the sports uh area for a for a bit but we got to move on because we're
1: already an hour
0: in oh my um, goodness yeah i know um this wild card documentary i want to i'll get to the
1: mlb in a second but um and we, I, don't, we don't need to get to the mlb there's nothing i really want to talk other, about other than to just talk about how Gardenhire retired yeah he was having problems is some health issues it sounds like yeah and he's very stressed and he's an advanced age and well i mean he did a great job with the tigers he sounded like an excellent excellent person in the dugout and just a nice person to kind of lead this rebuilding uh, phase and just kind of introduce these young players to what it's like to be a professional and to be a respectable baseball player in a league, even when you're losing games, you know, how to lose with some grace. And I think we can all thank him for that. And I'm very happy that he led the Tigers over these last three years. And I wish him nothing but the best. I wish he could have continued because I don't think we're out of the woods yet. And we could use his leadership moving forward as we're probably going to have another tough year or two ahead of us. And I wouldn't have minded having him around, but I'm also glad that he was able to step away on his own terms and make the decision that's best for him and his family. So I'm very happy with it, and I hope we get um, somebody in here who can who can provide a, a similar, if not, you know, slightly different but better uh, perspective for our young players. Now listen, I, I don't think anyone had a bad thing
0: to say about him. He, he was a, He was a gentleman in the locker room. He knew what he was doing. He was very smart. He's been in the league for a long time. It was a very he, he was driving to the ballpark that day not expecting to make this announcement, no. which is crazy to think about, but it was just a combination of a lot of health issues. And, you know, COVID didn't help with, not that he had COVID, but just, you know, the restrictions and everything going on right now in the world, it was just too much. So I, I get it. Um, it's, it's too bad. And like I said, um, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. There's no question about that.
1: Um uh, just, just to send Guardy away.
3: Go get him tiger. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you for that, Alex. Of course.
0: The MLB is having uh, their uh, fans at the NCLS and the World Series. It's going to be in a bubble in um, Arlington, Texas. so. So
1: not the American League Championship Series? No.
0: But... Just for whatever reason, because they're just going to have fans in Arlington, and the ALCS is going to be played in San Diego. So okay. I guess it's the, just the, uh, just a Texas thing. So, All right.
1: Interesting. That's fine. We've we'll seen s- fans at some games.
3: We'll
0: see what happens. But staying in the sports um, <laughs> world, I guess for a bit, but there, there are a bunch of stuff I want to get to as well. This documentary that's coming out on HBO on October 7th called Wild Card. This is something that I have to watch. And I I like documentaries here and there. To be honest, I'd like to watch more of them because there's so many good ones out there. Uh, But this one is something that looks so good. It's the rise and fall of Craig Carton, who co-hosted the show with uh, Boomer Esiason. I love Boomer. On WFAN The Fan in New York, probably the biggest sports radio station in the entire world. The fan. I mean, that's huge. But he was hosting the show from 2007 to 2017. He was just released early from federal prison this past June. He's just served. He served just over a year of a three and a half year prison sentence. But I gotta play this trailer because this, what was he in jail for? Um, like fraud. No. I, I believe fraud okay. or like money money la- I don't know if it was it wasn't laundering, but he was pretty much taking a lot of money to gamble. It was he was convicted of conspiracy, wire fraud and securities fraud. Okay. So that's what he was there for. But listen to this doc there's this trailer from HBO. This looks this looks fantastic. Yeah, I got to watch this. I got to get HBO. <laughs>
3: Good morning, everybody!
2: For 10 years, I was the morning man in the city I grew up in. It's Boomer Esiason and Craig Carton on the fan. Who's the number one morning show in New York and in America? If you want to go into it, let's go into it. But not today, because we had other people want to talk, and you're boring me. Goodbye. <laughs> Craig comes <laughs> from a line of shock jocks talking about the games and who to bet. What am Just I, like, five years old? Because... How do you make picks not with a spread? He was the crazy, zany radio guy. And then you had the common sense athlete. He was the fire starter, and I had a play off of him. You have 500 other choices on the radio. I guess what? You listen to me. The listeners didn't want to miss what I was gonna say next. If you gave me 10 grand, yeah. I'd guarantee you 25,000. Wow. I won $80,000 as it's turned out that was the worst thing that's ever happened I'm now the blackjack whisperer So I started to get approached by the people who wanted to know if I wanted to be in business with them I had no idea how much he was gambling I borrowed over $30,000,000 wow. to gamble. I had no idea that anybody <laughs> was contacting him I thought I was the best and I didn't think any casino could beat me I oh my goodness. $125,000 yeah. in like 9 minutes And walked <laughs> out the door to go to work <laughs> Can you imagine? He would hand me Almost a, a million out. dollars. And inside was a million dollars. He was out of control. Falling apart. If you lose their money. This isn't good. Only ends one way. I took 950,000 for gambling. Can't take money for one purpose and use it for another. That is fraud. We had the world by the balls. He ruined what we all had. It's just
1: Craig like, like Bernie Madoff. More, more or less.
0: But with gambling exactly rather than investing. <laughs> Pretty much.
3: Craig Carton.
0: Anyway, that's gonna be on HBO and HBO Max uh, October seventh at 9 p.m. I'm pumped for that. Wow. I gotta get HBO Max. So that I, looks do you have an like account? No, Even I H- don't. H- oh, I don't. I'm gonna that,
1: buy one just for this. That looks like it's gonna be super entertaining. I mean, as a as a, as a
0: fan of gambling of radio, and uh, I like going to the casino from time to time. Who doesn't? We all play blackjack. Not nearly to the level <laughs> <of> you. <laughs> that's bull crap. No, no. Listen to me. It's a really fascinating story. It, it's something that I love because I love radio and it just has that interesting component of it with the casino, with gambling, with all this money and tons of high stakes and stuff. So I, I'm all over this. In Boomer Esiason, it sounds like the, the show is ruined by, um, by Carton's gambling addiction.
1: Yeah, sounds
3: That's like It's
0: horrible.
1: It. Wow. But, I mean, it sounds like he was on the track to be like a, um, God, what's his name? Shoot, the super famous, he's got a show on Sirius. Why can't I think of his name right now? Um, It's very obvious. One of the top radio personalities. Howard Stern? Yes, Howard Stern.
0: Well, Howard Stern really wasn't a sports guy.
1: I know, but just it sounds like he was on track to be one of those inter, like national well, maybe. national radio personalities. I mean, he had the top show in the top city. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that was or, the biggest or, show. Or he could be like a Jim Rome or something like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, something more along the lines of that. where he, I mean, that national figure sports talk show right. guy. Or like a Dan Patrick, some of those things. Sure. I mean, I, man. Or it, a Colin
1: Coward. Some, yeah, you know. But somebody who probably has hotter takes and is more of a personality. I mean, he's like the Valenny of New York you know but i wouldn't even say that <laughs> why not i i think well cuz new york is the biggest market and they're really big into radio over there oh and- sure sure i mean de- don't get me wrong detroit's a huge radio market too
0: but it's it's not compared to new york obviously i mean that's that's a entirely different element right right there's no question about it wow um, so that's going to be on the radar for coming up in the next few weeks. Um, I mean, the other big story that that we have to mention and talk about is is Ruth Bader Ginsburg dying uh, over the weekend, which is a uh, it's you know any Supreme Court justice passing yeah. away it's horrible, very sad. So so that's going on, and of course uh, it happens September of an election year,
1: right? <sighs>
0: just going to add more to the narrative, just more. stoking the fire more. It's it's I mean of course it is, and you know I got to admit something to you. I think that this event is just showing how hypocritical both parties are. Sure. Because we went through the same thing in 2016.
1: Yeah, and it, it opens some new holes in our system as well because you you have people saying like, oh, don't, don't have a nomination before the election even though our system allows for that. Yeah. And you also have questions about should a Supreme Court justice be able to serve until they pass away? Like, yeah. should it be a life term. You know, I mean I mean it just raises a lot of and our judiciary is one of our systems that hasn't been fleshed out quite as well as the executive and the legislative branch in terms of procedure. And maybe that raises some questions for down the line. I mean that's not really
0: Well I think there's a reason for that. They're trying to sustain the Constitution. Oh, absolutely, and, and, and keep it intact and in well, as much t- as possible. So I think there's, I think that's done intentionally. But but the point about those lifetime appointments, I mean, you know, I know it's kind of shitty to say, but what if just one of those people become senile? Right, I
1: mean, it happens. It's a and reality. I'm sure it Happened a lot more back in the day when we oh, didn't yeah. have modern medicine. So so
0: now we're dealing with people who are in their late 80s. And sometimes even early 90s, maybe they're just there forever until they die or until they want to step down. But a lot of times that doesn't happen. So, so we have this system in place, and they're just there forever, whatever happens to them. And you know, it's is that the way it should always be, or maybe there's something that can be changed there. No, no. But the point is, it both parties are just so hypocritical. They said one thing in four years ago, and now pretty much both parties have flip-flopped their positions it's it's just whatever they want they just want to get in what their agenda supports that's all that's all it is and it's it's so it's so especially in
1: the the one branch of government where politics or where political party is not supposed to play a role
0: sure but it but this event just goes to show the hypocrisy with politics
1: and it's just i just find it disgusting
0: how it's just
1: it's so clear with this and event. I said this as soon as I heard that she passed away. I was like, that is going to get overshadowed within 12 hours. Oh, yeah, it did. Like, yeah, like people spent absolutely no time talking about her accomplishments or what she meant to the Supreme Court or what she meant to just women. I mean, she was a very like a trailblazer for gender equality. And, she was. And just a, a great, great lady, it seemed like. And, you know, her at least her immediate memory is being overshadowed by the controversy that her death creates. And that shouldn't that should it shouldn't be that way.
0: Does does the election itself, this election, really need another curveball no. or wrench thrown into it? <laughs> I think everyone's already dealing with enough. I think this election is already just crazy enough that it was just, you know, I mean nobody can choose when they die, but here we are in September and it happens and we have another wrench thrown into the entire mess that's already been created so far of this of this election term. But I will admit that I'm looking forward to the debates, and that's going to be— we, Yeah, we I know, I know you watch
1: them for entertainment. I do. They, they stress me out too much. Do they really? Yeah, Dude, because because I, I don't think either candidate— I Very rarely do you see anybody put their best foot forward in a debate. But you're looking at it the wrong way. No, I, I, I understand. and But it's just you see it, and you just—I I don't know. It just doesn't—
0: Think of it like a football game. Think of it like a hockey game.
1: I know you try to look for strategy, and you try to. No, s-
0: I'm not looking for strategy. No, 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 I'm no, looking no, no. to entertain. I'm looking I'm to not. crack a
1: beer and just laugh. No, I'm not saying. Sh- just, just let me finish. So go ahead. It's like it's not so much strategy as it is like looking at their mistakes, and you're looking on can they capitalize on one's demeanor or their you know if they misspeak or if they say something maybe they weren't supposed to. Yeah. And and can the can the other side kind of like jump on that or how do they react to that or how do the two candidates treat each other? Yeah, And you're looking at the, I don't know, just this like little like cat and mouse game that's in the debates and that just stresses me out because I hate that part of politics (laughs) so much and I wish that politicians could just keep The best interest of their constituents in mind rather than playing these stupid little games where they act like children all the time. I I look at it as a tennis
0: match. I turn it on. There's two people competing. And you know what? I'm sitting down. I'm watching my TV. What's what's
1: at stake is the future of the country. Eh, It'll be fine. Whatever
0: happens, it'll be fine. The future of the country will be fine. Believe me, everything gets overblown. Everything gets overblown. It, we're, we'll all survive. We'll all wake up the next day, and it'll be okay. It'll be okay. I understand. So, no, I, so I agree. So I agree for with one that. for one night, let me just take the merits out of everything and just just put on my television for something that I want to watch and make the best out of my evening. I chose to put on that TV, and damn it, I'm going to be entertained, whether they like it or not. Whether that's the point of the debates so or not. I know. I know. <laughs> but they just stress me out.
3: Well, fair I,
0: enough. I can't crack a beer. I pour a drink. You know what? Next week, we'll pour a drink. They won't stress you out anymore. I promise. It, it does wonders.
1: <laughs> it does help. It's amazing. Speaking of which, I see you have this story on here about Coca-Cola. Yeah, that's true. That's Speaking a Speaking of drinks. Great segue. What a pro. <laughs> Speaking of a few ginger ales. Do you want to lead it or me? I. It's your story. Well,
0: they're launching Topo... Topo? Topo? T O P O Chico. Hard seltzer abroad late this month, late September.
1: It's a hard seltzer.
0: How, right? how would you pronounce that? Topo chico or topo chico? What what, what would you guess? Because I have no it's idea. T
1: O P O Yeah. Space, two separate words. Chico. Yeah. I would say Topo. Topo Chico. Are they going for
0: like some Mexican Is thing? it like
1: is it like a a Fanta? Don't you want, want a You're <laughs> like Topo Chico? Maybe so. I don't know. Topo Chico by Coca-Cola. If that doesn't have, <laughs> if if this drink doesn't have one of the catchiest jingles, I will be it Better, I'll be so disappointed. This is the
0: interesting part, though. First of all, it's it's not going to be in the U.S. until the first half of next year, 2021. Um, but it says that they're venturing back into the adult beverage industry in the United States for the first time in four decades. What, what were they doing in the uh, 70s and 80s? I I have no idea. They don't even talk about that. I'd love to know. If anyone knows. Are they talking about
1: when it had cocaine in it? No.
0: (laughs) No. No, 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 no. That was way longer ago. I thought that was just a rumor. No. Is that a real thing? I thought that was just some like urban legend. like Back when coke first started, like 120 years ago, it had cocaine in it. That's why they called it coke. Like, No, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah.
3: I'm pretty sure. You're pretty sure? I'm pretty sure.
0: For the first time in four decades, they're launching a new hard seltzer line. But every if you make a drink and you're not making a hard seltzer, you, it seems like you're missing out. Because every single yeah. drink that's being made, whether it's beer, pop, liquor, they're all
1: making hard seltzers. It's just the thing to do. Um, However, so- <laughs> I mean, it's just a malted uh, malted liquor beverage. Yeah, with right? a little flavoring Super in it. Super easy to make. And, but the problem is that now the market's too saturated.
0: Um, well, it is a, it is very saturated. That's for sure.
1: I mean, White Claw is at the top of the market. It seems like um, High Noon seems to have found some space in the market. Uh, Truly's are pretty good. Um, I like Truly's. White Claw is life. <laughs> but you have like a million different ones that you just don't see that much. Uh, like Bon and Viv, you'll see every once in a while, or Corona's hard seltzer that's out. You'll see Smirnoff's hard so, seltzers out there. Yeah, Smirnoff has one. Um, I I tried the Costco one at your house a couple weeks ago oh, yeah. for the first time. That was really good. That that's um crooked Mar- crooked marker. Yes. Yeah,
0: my mom loves crooked Marker. It's really were, low in carbs I those too. Those are
1: very good. But like you just don't you know like if you went to a barbecue, would you see them? And I no, we're not really having a ton of barbecues. But <laughs> you know if someone says you ask somebody, oh, what are you drinking tonight? Like very rarely will they say anything other than White Claw or Truly. And But with Coke, I mean, Coke is a huge company. Oh, yeah. So I think they'll just create their own little market segment.
0: Um, In the U.S., according to MarketWatch, the hard seltzer sales topped $3 billion annually in July of 2020 wow. as, a, as an annual point at that time in uh, in history. That's unbelievable. But uh, YouGov, whoever the hell they are, reports millennials are a driving force behind hard seltzer sales, um, indicating Coca-Cola's move could help it tap profitably into the preferences of younger alcoholic beverage consumers. Uh, is it going to taste like... I'm looking at a photo of it right now, and it I think it says Tangy Lemon Lime
1: Topo chico heart seltzer. so it's gonna be like a sprite it's not gonna that's a great point hmm, are I, they just well Coke owns sprite right right yeah exactly are they just taking their soft drinks and making them alcoholic they should I mean they have the they have the the formula for it yeah
0: what if they just took a so, little like what if they, they can imagine like the coke people like what if we just bought a ton of Kirkland vodka you can get it for 13 bucks a half gallon great deal we'll just you know pour a little bit into the sprite batch and then just Put a new can and boom,
1: we we got we got a. That marketing. would be genius. Think about that. You, like you know how. You know how <laughs> co- I'm serious. You know how Coppercraft has those canned cocktails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like. They're those. very good. I really and I would buy like a rum and coke cocktail, canned sure. cocktail. Or or a whiskey and Coke can cocktail. Don't you feel like Coke is maybe missing an opportunity? Yeah, um, don't sell it as this Topo Chico. Yeah, what? Topo Chico.
0: S- sell it. Sell, come it on. sell it as Captain and Coke. If I went to if I went to the party store and I saw Topo Chico and I and I never read this story, I wouldn't know that's a Coca Cola thing. I think I would want to know that. Yeah, hey, I don't you know, see the
1: logo on here at all. The Coca Cola logo I'd wanna, on the
0: can. Yeah, no, I'm not seeing it either. But I'd want to know that you know this is by Coca Cola. This is like. Maybe I trust it more. Sure, Topo Chico. I'll pass it up and take the truly lemonade seltzer twelve pack. Much better.
1: Like one of the reasons I don't buy the Corona seltzer, for example, is because I don't really like Corona beer that much. I don't really. I don't hold it it in higher. I don't. It's good on occasion. Like you're at the beach, you put a lime and you know you put a lime in it, and it's it's really good. But like I very rarely am in the mood for a Corona, so it's not like high on my list. So when I see a Corona seltzer, I don't go for it because I'm not very interested in that. Or like same with the Natty Daddy seltzer. Like I've had the the I've had or the Natural Light seltzer, whatever it yeah. is. I've had <laughs> I've had it and it's good. It's really good and it's a slightly higher percentage than some of the yeah. other ones. So I can see how people would be drawn to that. But you
0: don't like Natty Daddies or yeah. I don't Natural like Light. I don't
1: like Natural Light very much. So it it would if I hadn't tried it somewhere else, it would not make me want to get it. But Coca Cola, that's a lead name. They need to put their brand everywhere. I I agree. I think the reason that that Natty Seltzer
0: was big was because it was one of the first ones like it after was. White Claw. It was Club. early. Like it was very early. I think it's early. tailed off since. Yeah, I'm sure I haven't it seen it. They as all much. Have tailed off. Like I said, it's becoming saturated. But I, like I said, I think Coke is. I think we agree on this. They're missing a huge opportunity. Like they would label like like hard Coke or hard Sprite. You know? Yeah. I mean, think about that. Yeah,
1: I guess you don't even have to market it as a rum and Coke if people are like, oh, I don't want it to have like liquor in it or anything like that. Yeah. Like, I want it to be a seltzer. Like that's something different. I, well, we'll we'll see <laughs> how this. Still, it's still alcohol. I'll still try one. Yeah, of course, no, exactly. For, you know show re- show prep. Of yeah, course. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Well, uh, so when, when's it coming? Late twenty twenty one? Is that what no, you no? Early twenty twenty one. Okay. Early twenty twenty one. Oh, so after the new year? Yeah, after the new so year. So that's not that far.
0: No, it'll be very soon. It'll be very soon. Next six months. In six months. Six months time. So, but yeah, that we'll see. I, I just wish they kind of used that opportunity. But Costco. I was at Costco today. Dude, I can't. I'm gonna get a membership soon. You know, I, I've been. Well, no, I better not say. It, but I've been using my parents' membership, which is fine. I use it. I did the same thing for Sam's Club. Somebody call the Costco please. <laughs> we're gonna get a knock on the door right now, sir. Sirs, you know, we, sir, we're gonna hand take... over the card <laughs> and the items you purchased today. You don't look like a Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Costco today, and it was all Christmas stuff. Really? I mean, all Christmas stuff. What this year man, I got to tell you. This year. We're we're already Christmas time now. We haven't even gotten to Halloween. We're a month away. Halloween might be canceled. Maybe maybe they're thinking Halloween's canceled this year. We'll just go right into Christmas. No Thanksgiving either. Nobody's gathering. Everyone's just going to get carry out pizza probably on Thanksgiving. Or like a turkey sandwich from Panera bread. That's it. No need to cook a huge turkey for a big fi- big family that's not going to... Actually, you know what? I take that back. I think Thanksgiving's going to go on like normal this year. I think at that point people aren't going to care. I don't know. We'll see. They're family members, so they're going to... I mean, you know, that's my thought at least. But yeah, Costco was just decked out in Christmas stuff everywhere.
1: So so that's what my impression was. But But you know what they're not decked out in? They're Putters. I want to buy. A, oh, I know. I want to buy a Kirkland brand golf putter. Those things sell out so. I know. Quick. I want one so bad. <laughs>
0: they, they apparently have amazing reviews, and I love their golf gloves. Uh, Adam loves their golf balls. Uh, he buys a ton of them. Yeah. Uh, 24 pack for like 25 bucks, or like a dollar a ball right. for
1: for a urethane cover tour level ball, which right. is great. Oh, that's a great deal for the quality of the ball. You. I don't spend that much on golf balls. I don't. I don't think I'm a good enough golfer to tell the difference, but I can recognize it's a good value for people who do take that seriously. Well,
0: it was kind of a coincidence because, you know, being at Costco, I noticed all this Christmas stuff. And then I, I see this story today, Costco advent calendars in 2020. Uh, okay, You'd be interested in this. Raise a glass because the Wholesale Club's wine advent calendar is back, baby. Oh, my goodness. I know. Have, have you ever heard of this or seen no, this before? No, I have not heard of this. So 2020, Costco is bringing it back for $99, a 24-pack uh, half, looks, half looks, bottle of wine. A half a
1: bottle a, every that's day? That's what it
0: says. Half. Uh, okay, so feature two advent calendars available now at some Costco locations with 24 half bottles of wine. Uh, wow. But I, I don't know why they're what do they say feature two advent calendars. I guess they're just different types two half of, wine. Bottles of wine. Well, look, I mean, there's some in a red package and some in a green. Oh, I, I'm probably sure. a red and a white wine. Yeah, I'm sure it is. So, anyway, that that's going to be big. That's wow. going to be big. And, and, that's going
1: to sell out big this year. Oh, I mean, yeah. everyone's at home, everyone's been consuming a little bit too much whether that's food (laughs) alcohol what have you there's no doubt it's been it's been one of those years but but tied to that story
0: and this is something that that my family's done for the past couple years aldi actually sells a number of different advent calendars every year i've seen a cheese one yeah they i'm interested in that well this is different because they've been so popular where you have to stand in line when it is released at aldi before they open to be like one of the first few people in line that aldi were like we got nine in today so go at it, and, and people buy them, and they'll even resell them like on on the, on like Craigslist or eBay or something to say like like for double the price because they're
1: so rare. That's ridiculous.
0: But this year, Aldi is unveiling twenty different oh my Advent goodness. calendars. Twenty different. You want to hear them? It's yeah, amazing. I do. So they've always had. Their I'll pick wine. my favorite. They've always had their cheese one. They've had their wine one now for for a couple of years, I believe. I'm
1: less interested in that one.
0: No, I don't. Wanna- you want to get
1: a wine one? I mean, I like wine. I like drinking wine occasionally, but not every day for 24 straight days. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come
0: on. It's just a half bite The antioxidants. (coughs) Get the—
1: Oops, (laughs) that was empty, luckily.
0: (laughs) The the, the antioxidants are
1: worth it in itself. No, 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 no. There's better options.
0: The 2020 Collection Wine Advent Calendar will cost $69. Uh, It's the second year the beer calendar will be available for the U.S. $49.99. Uh, they also have a hard seltzer calendar debuting for thirty four ninety nine. But they have their cheese one, uh their wine one, their beer, like I said, the hard seltzer. They have a what is is that right there? I
1: have no idea. It looks like the word chocolate, but it's C H O C
0: E U R.
1: E U R Shokir.
0: Should I know? I feel like is I should it know sh- that like Is
1: it a like a charcuterie board, maybe?
0: Well, it's only four ninety nine. I doubt it's that cheap.
3: Oh, I don't know. Who knows?
1: I, I,
0: whatever. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get railed for not knowing what that word is. Nutcracker. Twenty four days of Christmas. Seven ninety nine. They have a barissimo coffee advent calendar. That you would be interested in. That is it like
1: curing cups, kind of.
0: I would have to imagine so. Uh, a Mattel Barbie advent calendar.
1: Oh, chokier is just a chocolate. A type of chocolate. So like
0: a traditional advent calendar. Yes. Now that we've had all these different... It's only four ninety nine. I guess. Like $4.99. Correct. And the, that's for the premium one. The regular one's only chocolate. It must $1. just 39. be like really small pieces I'm of sure chocolate. Is it. Is it? I'm sure is. I'm sure it's not Sanders. Uh, Spin- Saunders.
1: <laughs> that could be a whole debate, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a Spin Master Paw Patrol advent calendar. Uh, I, thought,
1: I thought Paw Patrol got canceled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't do well in the ratings, but... Hey, there, you no, know
1: no, no, no. I thought it got... Cancelled because I thought people wanted to take it off air because they're like police officer dogs. (laughs) (laughs) They can't have any more cop shows on TV anymore. I don't know. Since cops
0: got uh, in live PD, Dunzo, maybe so. Um, A Pure Being premium dog advent calendar. A Pure Being premium cat advent calendar.
1: If I had a pet of my own, I might
0: do that. A Huntington home advent calendar Candle. Um, and they also have a Huntington Home Sense of the Season candle set for $19.99, a Disney Marvel book advent calendar, a Hot Wheels advent calendar, mm-hmm. and a B B E Happy Craft advent calendar for $12.99. So, you know. I guess we have all these calendars now to choose. I think advent calendars are like becoming the big thing now. People want like a a fun a little advent treat calendar. every day. Sure, why not? You know, but now it's, instead of chocolate, they're delving into wine and cheese and dog treats and everything. The it's cheese, amazing. The cheese
1: one interests me. That's the one I think where I would be really interested in trying a different cheese every day. I would. I've done that before from Aldi. Yeah, it was great.
0: Loved it. Big fan. And the cheese was delicious. Yeah, I I gotta go to Aldi more often. It's like it's—I forget what country it's in or where it was founded, but it was like some country it's in.
1: This one, I hope
0: it's I'm in, not traveling Jesus that far. God, bless America. <laughs> the it was like it's—it's it's not German or it might be like Swedish or, or or something. Maybe it is German. I don't know. Anyway, they have good stuff. Yeah, I gotta give them more of a chance. Okay. So it is German, by the way. It is a uh, German chain. So anyway. We'll be uh, looking for their advent killers. I'm definitely going to check one So,
1: out. Yeah, so I think cheese. I would be interested in trying the cheese one this year. How much does that one run?
0: The cheese one? Yeah. Uh, what did it say, $20, 1999? Well, that's,
1: that's not bad. No, not too bad at all. Um, I, I had a drop I wanted to play if it was too expensive, but it's not, so
0: uh, I will play it play. anyway. It's no, like it's okay. No,
1: it's fine. I'll leave the listeners. <laughs> Have you been watching Love <laughs> Island? <laughs> i have actually i've been watching really? some of it yeah i haven't i oh. know i know we did like a whole 45 minute segment on it i know Anna was on the show i, I know she did a great job by the way
0: oh it was great oh I, fantastic how fantastic. are we gonna have her back on if you're not watching <sighs> well she, maybe because she's on here i don't need to watch i can just get my
1: updates from her true i've, <laughs> I've told you a little bit about what's going on and it's,
0: I it's, can't stand the editing. To, I don't know why. Maybe it's just me.
1: Maybe it's just how I work
0: when I watch TV. But I don't know. Or maybe it's because they edit it like within a day and they put it on the air a day later. I, I just hate how like the. I don't know. It's stupid. But the lyrics in the background music just pisses me off. Okay. I don't know why. It's just so annoying how they the songs when they're like having these intense moments like. I choose Bradley, or I choose Cooper, or I choose you. And they're having this intense situation. They're playing this serious music. And between the contestants talking, it's just these weird lyrics from the song. So I don't know. It's, it's, the, and it's a weird thing that bugs me about the show. So, okay. That's just my thought. But <laughs> that, that shouldn't be a reason I don't watch, but it I, it turned me off right away. I, I'll get into it. I promise I'll get into it. But you told me there's synopsises I could watch.
1: Yeah, so there are weekly there are weekly recaps where they basically just. Who puts them out? The Love Island. It's on CBS. It's a full like hour. I think it's an hour um, show on Sundays. I believe. So I could spend an hour watching
0: and 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 be caught up from the entire week. Because I'd love that. I don't know if I could dedicate
1: an hour every night to a show. That's a
0: lot of content. Yeah,
1: if you could probably catch like one or two episodes during the week and then watch the recap, I think you'd have a generally good idea. So, like, I watched the episode last night, uh, or maybe it was the night before. I watched the episode Sunday night.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't last night.
1: Yeah. Oh, so maybe the recap is like Saturday or Friday night. So, I watched the episode Saturday or Sunday night, and not a lot. Like, there's a lot of setup, a lot of like setup. There's going to be a a lot of drama because a lot of people are recoupling they're choosing new partners and they're actually like breaking up with people right now on air oh my god Yeah.
2: why don't you go back to your home on whore island and, and
1: it's really interesting because like if you watch The Bachelor once you cut off your relationship with someone you're off the show right so these people cut off their relationship with someone and then go hang out with someone like in the same villa. So they're like still around their ex all the time and now they're trying out a relationship with someone new. So that creates a little interesting drama and there's people like, "Well, I don't know, maybe I want to go back to Carrington. I'm not really sure." Oh god. And and so it creates these really interesting moments where the, but then there's also the drama like, "Oh, like no, I'm done with her. She doesn't want me. Like she's my second choice. <laughs> like like I've already decided i moved on." And so it creates this really interesting dynamic, <laughs> I guess. Hey, your
2: fat ass over here before I dump you! <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord,
1: you know I, you're right. That that is a good point so, about that. So it's very can, different
0: than The Bachelor, so for sure. So if in that you, regard, if
1: you can catch an episode or two to kind of see like where some of the storylines are progressing like you don't need to follow every single person's journey the entire time but if you can watch an episode or two during the week sort of see like catch up with the the contestants themselves and see where they are at and then you watch the weekly recap and you can kind of see like some of the big moments from the week then i think you'd be fine like you do not need to dedicate 10 hours a week to this show you dedicate like two just like bachelor
0: i know that's true i I should watch it's probably on a friday or a saturday night those recaps yeah if i record that, that that'd be fine do, do they ever get, like, I mean, do they ever have these big parties or, like, cocktail parties and, and like, things get a little dicey? Maybe maybe a few drinks are had and, and it, it kind of gets a little, like, intense or people
1: maybe say certain things that they maybe not, would not have said if they're totally sober or something. Sometimes. Not as often as, as Bachelor, especially not as often as, like, the early episodes in Bachelor. <laughs> but, but a lot of them are there just to kind of have a party. They will have challenges that will get really testy. Like I told you, they, like, they read old, like, tweets from off the show like of um, viewers because you know it's all live it's all just like a couple days delayed. sure sure so they'll read tweets from viewers oh my god and try and stir up some some controversy so one of the tweets they read this week so you know how the contestants were kind of separated into two different villas yeah um, yeah just a few weeks ago yeah well one of the guys had told his girl at the time that he was gonna go to this new villa and be super loyal to her and not do anything but when he was there he was making out with this girl for like like a lot, like big time. And like they, they I get, wanna kiss you. They got into bed together and they like pulled the sheets over their head and they were really going at it. And like in front yeah! like in front of everybody, which was like really weird. Like that he wasn't being Were they drunk? No. Oh, it was just like geez. it was part of a challenge at first that they kissed each other and then they just went with it, kinda of thing. Wow. And that challenge worked. Yeah. <laughs> and but it was, was Leave like, it to the producers to ruin a relationship. But apparently the guy even said like Oh, like I wasn't really doing it for anything. I didn't feel a connection there, kind of thing. So it was oh like,
0: bullshit! Come on. Oh, he's just trying to save that to save himself with the original girl.
1: No, no, no. I think that throws him in even hotter water because it would have been better if he was exploring a connection like you're supposed to on the show. Oh, no, I see. But what he you're wasn't saying. even doing that. He was just doing it for like fun, basically. Oh. But then when he got back, he he didn't really give all the details to his girl. He was kind of like, yeah, I kissed somebody as part of a challenge, and like <laughs> we might have taken it a little bit too far, and like you know how on the show they all have to sleep together. She's of like, course. So she's like, we did sleep together, and she like kind of came on to me at night, so we like cuddled a little bit, like. Oh. And it was like no, it was like no, dude, you were like really like eating her face. What like, a
0: what a classic lie. I mean,
1: I hope yeah. did the girl see through it? So no, 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 no. Like oh, she believed him. Well, kind oh, of. Oh come she, on! She, of she, course, he's not going to give the full story. So she was upset. And she was like, well, I don't know. I, like, are you giving me all the details kind of thing? And then she kind of like got over it. So, but she like had her moment to like deal with it and then get over it. And then there was this tweet during a challenge from a viewer that said, like, I really hope that these two, um, like, I really hope that she finds out the full story because he's not telling her even half of it. And that was the tweet that they read. And then they had to go deal with that. Oh
3: no. Oh my yeah.
1: God. This, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And so there's other stuff like that. Like, they'll be like, oh, like someone will tweet like, oh, is anybody else seeing the, like, sparks flying between these two contestants? And it's two contestants who you thought were in, like, happy relationships with other people. And then they're like, oh, like, are there sparks between us? And then, like, (laughs) this actually happened. They, like, dumped their two others. They got together.
0: I can't believe they're letting – well – it's kind of weird because, like, with the Bachelor, they're always like in a bubble. They have no access to like outside sources. Like no, they, so they take their phones away in the on the Bachelor. They take like, their
1: phones away here too, but then the producers will bring in select so if, few stuff. So the
0: so the producers will select some contentious tweets and it's like, "Oh, we got some tweets for you to read."
3: And yeah, then it's
1: just, basically,
0: it just
2: create. they just trying to create
0: a yes, shitstorm, or
1: or they'll replay the interviews like oh one of oh, the contestants no. said this about you and like the contestant will come in and be like i can't believe like she said that like she's being <laughs> such a a bitch right now or something like that and then it'll be like oh like this person said this about you and like ah oh god it creates a lot of drama it's it's very entertaining it can be it can be it's i got to watch
0: i got to watch i'm i'm not kidding i'll watch the re- recaps at least and if there's any big moments i will
1: Okay. I'll give it a shot. All right, so we teased the Emmys, so we definitely have to talk about that before we get going. Yeah, 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 that's and true. What
0: about the helmets? We got, We haven't even done the helmets
1: We got to do that with Zach. Because that's Zach, true. Zach, that's a good point. Zach has opinions on the helmets, and we also need to wait for Zach to do the uh, Detroit-style pizza. That's true as well. Those are coming. Those are coming, and you know what?
0: Honestly... People, please send your submissions in. We want some feedback on the best pizza. And you know what? Send your feedback on your favorite football college helmet right now, too, because sure. that would be a good addition to the show. Favorite uniforms. Um, You can email us, Spotify, Instagram, Alex.
1: Yeah, uh, Twitter is at cutting out early. Pod, uh, Instagram is cutting out early dot podcast, And our email is cutting out early dot podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>
2: I can't read it. There's no There's no words on it. I'm
1: not reading it. I'm just trying to do it from memory, and I, I got a little mixed up. I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I still want to, before we go, too, I want to go over this list. Do you want to do this list now, and then we can finish with the Emmys? um there's a there's a few things that we didn't get into but i want to i want to do this list of linkedin ranking the 10 best startups of 2020
1: oh yeah i wasn't terribly familiar with them so yeah i, I would like to go over let's this do and this See if you can teach me a thing or two about
0: let's them. do this then we can do the emmys and um move along here but yeah this is really cool actually i didn't realize linkedin did stuff like this but they went out to create this list and this was just posted i believe this morning yeah this morning i'm, I'm getting the story from usa today But um, obviously, this year has been different. We've been all staying home. It's been a lot more remote-centered industries, stuff like that. People are trying to adapt. So there's a lot of opportunity here for startups. If they're in the right market and kind of capitalizing on the coronavirus they can be a coronavirus success story so today linkedin released a list of its uh 20 or its released on tuesday its list of 2020's top startups highlighting emerging and growing industries amid the covid pandemic and and this is what the senior editor um at LinkedIn said, these honor- the honorees of this year's top startups list have demonstrated resilience and continued innovation in the face of numerous unanticipated challenges. Not only have these companies survived, but they are growing and hiring with more than 2,500 jobs at these startups, available now on LinkedIn.com. So that was it. But number, should I go number one to 10? I'll do number, I'll go backwards. Number 10 was... Verkata, the software company breaking through the challenges of the traditional phys- physical security industry, securing a Series C round of $80 million in January at a $1.6 billion post-money valuation. The company recently shifted attention from retail to healthcare facilities where remote monitoring and building security solutions are needed. That's huge. You're going to be in the security software company um, monitoring building security solutions for healthcare
1: facilities. Huge. But I've never heard of Verkata. Well, why would you? You're not in that field. Well. I, I would say the only two on this list that I knew of are Robin Hood and um, Robin Hood and um, the Bed Company, the the Bed Linen Company.
0: Okay, I'll get to that. Number nine is Loom, a video messaging company. Loom, L-O-O-M. They had a. Uh uh, they were a startup, had re- remote first as part of its culture from the outset. The company announced a $29 million funding round in late May with a $350 million valuation in May, like right in the midst of all this stuff. That's that's crazy. Number eight is Attentive. They've doubled in size this year. It's a personalized mobile messaging platform. So I guess that's big right now, too. So, Everything so it's like, like GroupMe
1: or something? It sounds like so it. Like, why do we need another group chat? We don't. I mean, so how is this? I haven't even heard of this. Like, have you heard of this app? Is this with the all the kids? Or, are we older than we think we are? They're launching interactive virtual events and self-care kits for
0: customers, whatever that means. I don't know. It's, it's, oh, is it some sort of, like, uh, virtual
1: therapy? It's, it's a I've personalized heard, heard mobile a lot of messaging
0: platform. Okay. I guess they do. a I guess they have interactive self-care kits for customers. So maybe they're getting into some stuff like that. But their main focus is just, I guess, mobile messaging. Personal is not personal. I didn't know iMessage was doing poorly. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven is Brook Linen, luxury bedding company, moving beyond its core sleep and bedding products into a range of goods around comfort at home, all direct to consumer. They raised. Fifty million dollars in March um, to expand abroad, which yes. they have now.
1: Brook Linen. So this one, this one is interesting because we were just talking about this before the show. That the companies like Tempur-Pedic, like the mail you a mattress. Yeah, you always have, see those. Have exploded like Casper, and then there's a purple one, and I mean there's a million different ones. And I've actually heard of someone who, or I've read a story somewhere of someone who figured out you could just. continuously use their 90 or 100 day free trials and just never buy a mattress and there's just so many companies out there that you can just like surf from 100 day mattress to 100 day mattress i think that could be expanded even outside of the mattress industry just a little trial period and turn it in but
0: you'll probably get put on their blacklist sure but watch over this customer i
1: feel like i've stayed at airbnbs or hotels that use these mattresses like these casper mattresses or even maybe i was staying at somebody's house and this is mostly pre COVID. I mean these mattresses have been around for years and they're nice. Like these Casper mattresses are nice, like very comfortable. I so can't, I can't say so, I've ever tried one or at least known that I've sleeping
0: on, but one. I, I have ha- no idea. I haven't
1: seen the same service for linens, like pillows and blankets and sheets and stuff, and like that's just as important as your mattress. Sure. Oh, yeah. They they can make or break anything. So this is genius, I think. Make or break your sleeping experience. And, you know, I'm moving soon, so I'm going to look into this because I'd like to get some new bedding, and I think that'd be great. Number six is Outreach. The company is no stranger to pivoting, with the founders changing Outreach's
0: focus from HR to enterprise sales when they were... Two months shy of running out of seed money. That's yeah. outreach. You know.
1: you know, I think we can probably skip the rest of the top five because these are companies that are more like B2B, like uh, security companies. Well, uh, can I just and, read the names? And like data collection companies. In
0: case people heard of them, five is Databricks. Four is Sam Sarah.
1: Then you have Robinhood and DoorDash. Number three and, those and number are two. People that, act, pe- that Those are companies that people actually have interaction with. I've used Robinhood. I've not used DoorDash, um, but I I mean, it's just like Uber Eats or something like that. I think, you know, genius idea. And apparently it's been going really, really well. And Robinhood's great because it brings the stock market to younger individuals and maybe people who aren't investing with much because they don't have any trade fees. Well, I
0: I don't use Robinhood, um, but... I like the fact that it's it's introducing younger people into investing. And if they can use any strategy or tactic to get young people into investing, then I'm all
1: for it, sure. Yeah. Why not, you know? Go for it. Sure. Absolutely. And then better.com at the top. Yeah, time.
0: that's number 1. They um the startup has seen a 200% increase in demand for its digitized home ownership products. So there we go. Top ten list from yeah, LinkedIn.com. I'm, I'm not
1: familiar with Better.com, but your mind. if if you're looking to you know switch careers, which people <laughs> might be trying to do in uh, this COVID world, and especially with how prevalent working from home is remember these companies should be on your radar sure like you don't have to only work for a company that's in your area when working for home is so easy it's so easy you and This might is not... going to be
0: a permanent change for a lot of companies yeah. after this
1: and so i mean some of these companies might need you to relocate so definitely inquire about that but like don't just write them off before you you know look into it and see if maybe you can stay where you are or move to any area of the country that you want well, we're seeing that people moving out
0: of the big cities. You know, people yeah. living on top of each other in a dirty big city with crime. And I mean, let's be honest here: a lot of the unrest in big cities has gotten a lot worse in the past few months. And at that same time period, people are realizing, why am I living here?
1: Yeah, you know what my uh, one of my cousins did? So that? he and his his girlfriend they live in the San Francisco area, and he he has a really good job, um, well paid, so he can afford to do this. And he and his girlfriend went and rented a place in uh, Hawaii for two months. And they're just gonna work from home for Hawaii. Wow. Yeah. Really? From Hawaii for two months. My God. I mean Beautiful. I I mean that's if you're fortunate enough to be able to do that, then like good on you. But that's that's what types of people are trying to do. It's a perfect example. And we were talking about even doing that with one of our friends, like maybe in the winter months, if this is still going on, oh, maybe my God. getting a group together, renting a place out in Colorado. Yes. And we're on mountain time out there. So you start your work day a little bit earlier, but then you end your work day a little bit earlier and you can spend the afternoon skiing. Oh, that me incredible. And I mean, still working, still getting paid. And especially if maybe you're, you know, in between your lease, you can in between a rental or something like that. Maybe your lease is coming up. You don't know what you're going to do. Well, maybe you move in home, move at home for a couple of months, then go on a long extended vacation, use your rent money to pay for something like that. So you, are you and I officially rooting for COVID to have this happen? No, in March? no absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> but i'm it's a it's an idea it's to a make great idea. to make the most of the circumstances
0: but i mean it goes to show with people moving out of cities you know these these got to be creative sure absolutely so anyway it, it's it's kind of weird the way it's happening right now but it's it's overdue remote is here to stay there's so, no doubt about it so my emmys o-
1: my only question about the emmys yeah
0: we won't spend much time on it cuz i watch
1: very is, little is do you know or do you watch have you ever seen shits creek no i have yeah. I watched the first season. Well, they're done now, right? Or isn't yeah. this their last season? So they season just, six, they I just, believe. They just had their final season, supposedly, on Netflix, although after all this critical acclaim and you know, it seems like it's really boosting their popularity or their popularity is finally coming out into the open. Yeah. Maybe they'll renew for a couple more seasons. Well, they're a Canadian show. Yeah. They're a Canadian show. They're on Netflix now, so they have Shit's Creek. They have uh, you know, the financial backing now. They're not just a small uh, small studio show anymore. But I watched their first season and it was bad. Really? Yeah, I didn't enjoy it at all. It I mean, and the critics agreed it had a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes their first season and supposedly it's improved drastically ever since, which people always say about TV shows like just make it through the first season and it'll get better. I know. But which I understand, but they I gotta find their footing. I didn't like it like one bit. I didn't even see it as like, oh, this is a plot I can get on. Like it was just a vehicle for childish humor is what I saw it as. I mean, the name says it all. Shit's Creek. I, it's so funny hearing people like
0: on TV saying Shit's Creek. I, I mean, it's it's just different. It's weird. Right. But you know what? I, I gotta I gotta interject here. You don't like that type of humor, though. Like for instance, Dumb and Dumber. No. That's not your thing. You're too sophisticated for that.
1: I think this is no, no. I'm not too sophisticated for that. Well, why
0: don't you like Dumb and Dumber then? Because that's one of my. I, I think Dumb and Dumber is hilarious. It's just cheap laughs. I don't know. Like, Do you like any Jim Carrey movie? What's huh. one Jim Carrey movie that you like? Do you like Ace Ventura?
1: Um, I like Bruce Almighty all right. Uh, yes Man was okay. Um, Those aren't as good ones. The Mask was, was good. I liked it. It was interesting. I liked him in The Grinch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, well, whatever. I
1: don't understand why you
0: don't like Can you name that many Jim Carrey movies? Sure. Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, uh, Fun with Dick and Jane, but, which oh, is a romantic comedy. I actually kind
1: of liked Fun with Dick and Jane. I'm not a huge Jim Carrey fan, though. Overall, okay. probably because he does play those roles a lot. Like they're just like slapstick comedy. What's another
0: stupid movie? What's another like dumb movie that's just? I mean, it's it's really popular. I'm
1: I'm trying to think. What's an act like an Adam Sandler movie? I do like Adam Sandler. <laughs> I love I like Adam Sandler movies, like Happy Gilmore, and oh, Billy yeah. Madison, and The Water Boys. So those... you like Billy Madison? Yes.
0: I think Billy Madison's humor is the same. As uh, as Dumb and Dumber, I think it's along Maybe the it's same line. Something
1: about Adam Sandler, I prefer. I, don't I
0: know. think you need to give Dumb and Dumber another chance because I bet it's been years since you even looked at that. Or you know, you've probably never even seen the whole thing. I have. Have you recently? Yeah. No, it's been a long no. time. Why would
1: I watch something I know I don't like? Give it another chance. I'm telling you, that's an hour. That's an hour and a half of my life. I already know I won't enjoy.
0: Well, how about this? Are you going to be watching Shits Creek now that it's, it's won? It's swept the entire comedy category. Are you going to give it another chance?
1: No, I don't think I no? will. No? I might. Because I watched the first season, and I already have so many television shows that I've been told I need to watch and that, <laughs> and that I really want to watch, and I just haven't gotten the chance. And this is one I've tried. I didn't like it. And so it's going to go at the bottom of the list of things right. I'm going to try, especially given the fact that it's now over. And it didn't, like, get – I mean, maybe it was more popular than I give it credit for. But I gave it a shot. I didn't like it. Now it's over. And um, where am I going with this? Is, That's a good question. Is, <laughs> where I'm going with this is that TV – TV, <laughs> TV sucks. Is, TV is not good right now. TV sucks, so dude. for for it to do so well at the Emmys is – not that impressive you don't to me. you
0: don't you don't get that any merit because it it's didn't have stiff competition yeah. I understand
1: so like yes it set these records for the most awards won but I don't think that is it shouldn't be that big of an indication to me compared to well, I've already given it a shot I hear you I didn't like it <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't mean, like it. I mean I don't want it I mean it sounds like it changed drastically like f- after the first season and maybe it changed in a direction that I would like it because it was given credit for its writing. And when I watched the first season, I was like, this writing is awful. Like, it's just so shitty.
0: <laughs> yeah, shit's creek.
1: Yeah. Shitty writing, shit's creek. So I-, I might give it a shot. Maybe I'll start in season two. So it's not at the top of my list, but if I make it through all the other shows I need to watch, then. I'll give it a shot. I feel like every day Anna su- watched it. She really oh, likes really? it. She really likes oh, well, it. Oh, there you go.
0: I, I feel like every day somebody suggests a new
1: show. Absolutely. Something like, to watch. It's
0: like overwhelming. Like, enough. I had enough to do. I got I get enough that. to watch. I, I
1: don't want to hear a suggestion. I'm done with suggestions. I get that all the time. Hey, bro, you gotta watch this. Or like, dude, you gotta check this one You're out. Like, uh huh. Uh huh. Or, or like, sure. or did you see that yet? And I'm like, no, 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 I have not. Like, I have things to do and better <laughs> stuff to do than sit in front of a screen and watch ten hours of this Netflix show. I'm done
0: with suggestions. Suggestions. Done.
1: Um, I would, I, would, I like suggestions sometimes because they can broaden your horizons. Sometimes they're unwelcome. They can broaden your horizons, but I have too much right now. I'm overwhelmed <laughs> with suggestions.
0: There are big wins, too, for uh, The Watchmen and S- Succession. I know those are big. Never seen them before. Um, I don't know if you have.
1: Probably not. You got to watch them. I think Succession is one that has been recommended to me several times.
0: But the big thing is Jimmy Kimmel hosted it. Um, He just came back on a show. I heard Uh, it was lame because I didn't watch the Emmys. I I watched. I watched bits and pieces of it, but I, I am not kidding. And I really do this. I turned it off. Really, it it had the lowest ratings ever for the Emmys: 6.1 million viewers, which is. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, that's bad, especially when people are maybe around their TV a little more so now than ever before. 6.1 million viewers is awful. It's awful. Um, I was watching the part with Anthony Anderson when he was doing this little stupid bit with Jimmy. It was the most... Like uncomfortable, bad bit that was
1: just yeah, so, so bizarre. It, so they did I a bad job of adapting to Zoom or whatever it was they were. No, using. they
0: were they were all in person. I mean, everyone was in. Per- well, the like the people who accepted the re- awards were on Zoom, and you know, I I thought like it, it was I guess seamless. the The production seemed fine. I just thought the writing and the and the actual performance was very poor Mm -hmm. i could i i thought it was so it was cringeworthy at certain points that was my thought
1: well it reflects how good tv is yeah
0: uh no kidding but the one big thing is that netflix had the highest number of nominations for awards first time ever but hbo had the most wins but think about that netflix who would have guessed five or ten years ago that the Emmys are going to be all Netflix shows being nominated that's
1: wild man I think that's crazy I think it makes sense if you look it at does how make much, sense if you look how much money they spend it's on amazing. production and stuff and how many shows they're pumping out like, oh yeah tons. just tons I mean Fox and ABC and NBC those channels can only put out so many shows because they have limited time slots but with Netflix you have unlimited time slots so you can put as many shows out there as you want whether they're good bad or ugly you can put them out there And they do. It was
3: on TV. Dangus, why didn't you watch it?
1: (laughs) Netflix
0: does like to pump them out. No, I get it. But it's just weird because it I, I never would have thought that was the case even five years ago. It just shows how much TV has changed. Speaking of Netflix, um
1: Space Force, I really like that. That came out this year. Why wasn't that on Netflix? I gotta movies? finish it.
0: I gotta was it nominated?
1: I don't know, was it? I I, I, I do this where I start shows and don't finish it. That was a great show, Steve Carell. You love Steve Carell. I love Steve Carell, I do. Well in the office. So I, I like his acting. So you That's gotta finish great. that one. I know. That's one suggestion you gotta follow through. That
0: with. and um Too Hot to Handle.
1: Yeah, which yeah. is still something that well, I got. You got to get think. on Love Island now. I know I got to get on all these. All right, you want to get out of here?
0: Yeah, <laughs> we, we've we've uh, we've we've been doing our thing for a little bit yeah, today. I got to go watch Love
1: Island. Oh yeah, is that what you're doing tonight? It's I'm behind. There's a big recoupling tonight. Ooh, Big recoupling? Yeah, I mean the show started about 45 minutes ago, so I uh, will what, what, have to rewind. What big recoupling is going on tonight? All of them. I mean, what do you mean all? Is there a big vote? No, 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 no. It's not. It's not a vote. I mean, like people are choosing new couples. Okay, so what if they like their old couple? But most of them don't. Like I said, there's been lots of like breakups, and people are like really worried. I, I, you know, I really do like how the
0: producers are trying to get them to break up and like trying to start fights. Like it's not even a secret that they're doing that in Love Island. It's like almost expected that we're gonna get some information that the producers are gonna share that like it's gonna
1: unravel everything. Yeah.
0: So I'm excited for it. Anyway,
1: make sure to check out our social media at CuttingOutEarly on Twitter at CuttingOutEarly.podcast on Instagram. CuttingOutEarly.podcast at gmail.com is our email address. Thank you for listening. Thank you, pizza, football helmets for the college. We got to get them. Next week, we're going to touch that. And hopefully we'll have Zach back.
0: (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. See ya.